Blog Talk Radio. Your wait is over. Put Grandma on a bed and pour yourself a drink. And prepare yourself for an attack on all your senses. In a place where the irregulars roam free. The Matty P Radio Happy Hour is live on the air. The only place where you get direct access to your favorite celebrities. Call in now. 323-792-2992. The Matty P Radio Happy Hour. You can't write this shit. Oh, but well, you mean the show is not is back. back today. The show, the show is, is back. back. Her back, Harry back, I don't know. One person that's not back is Maddie P. 
Where the hell is Matty P? What? What? Where's Matty P? Matty P can't make it tonight. He is on the uh, casting call for Sharknado 2. Oh, is that the one uh, Electric Boogaloo? Oh, he's finally getting his yes. break. Oh, I cannot wait for the sequel. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Well, we are going to miss Matty P. Oh, we I are. I'm sure the listeners will, too. We all do. And, and there's another voice here. Why, um, for those of you who <laughs> haven't heard, because and that's all of you, because this is the first time anywhere. Some of the first syllables we picked right up here. In, there you go. Look at that. We have an unemployed bartender that we uh, couldn't afford to give tips to anymore. <laughs> so the alcohol stopped flowing, and then we started realizing what was going on. Um, we have Grim Shay. Say hello, Grim Shay. Oh, hello, and thank you so much, Rico. It is, it is great being here, and I'm sorry I can't meet Matty P. Still, <laughs> that's true. Well, you'll, you'll have, have to wait for that. That's well, hilarious. That you got to pay. Have... You got to pay your dues, Grim Shay. He's uh-huh. been he's been working for Matty P. for about seven months, and he still hasn't met him. Like like not on no, the phone. No, that's what that's because he works out with you on there on the West Coast. I know, and I actually like to keep people like bottled up, you know. That's just the way that I, you know, I like to keep my people behind me on, it, on edge. On edge, you, yeah. you keep you, you have to just Almost push it so down, much. down inside. Exactly. So you're just on edge all the time. Don't that's we right. have? So we have on the air right now, Rico. That's who I hear. Um, we, we already kind of went over Grim Shay, a dear friend of mine, and you have me. I am Marquis, and uh, I am in charge of the. West Coast office for Maddie P Radio. I am the correspondent out here. I'm a Comic Con expert. I go there all the time, even when it's not on. You're a segment and, segment producer. And most importantly, segment producer. Um, well, that's right. And it's just been an awesome ride. So I want to thank Maddie P wherever the hell you are, and I wish you a lot of luck in Sharknado too. All right now he's getting carry. he's getting eaten. Right. So right. he's going to come home with with only two legs. The third leg will be gone. Shark shark headed off. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we have a great show, right, Dan Shea? Oh, oh, you have no idea. This is going to be a great show, I assume. I haven't done one before, but uh, uh, let me tell you about who's uh, coming on here today. Oh, who's this? Well, we've got uh, we got Doug Jones, star of uh, of uh, well, first of all, he's in Falling Skies. He's been in Guillermo del Toro's uh, hit movies like Pan's Labyrinth, the Hellboy movies. Uh, we, we've got a live interview with him. And then we've also got, also from Falling Skies, the rising star Connor, Connor Jessup. And we've got certified lone gunman from the X-Files, Dean Hagland, Femme Fatale's Nikki Griffin in a special live interview. And then at the end, if we're still around, maybe you can break bad with us and Laura Frazier. We have a Breaking Laura Bad Frazier. Yeah. yeah. Can we start with her? Uh, actually, no. We're going to be bringing her in a little bit later. But uh, oh, Laura Breaker, is... the segment producer's got to just you know rain on my parade here. Oh, I see what you're saying. My bad. Oh, I, I thought <laughs> we could just play God from this seat. No, right? I actually I lose all <laughs> credibility. So yeah, we have a we have a big, really big show. Uh, this is the regulars are taking over Maddie P Radio. Uh, we should have Mr. Doug Jones on shortly. Mm-hmm. We'll just try and uh, keep her buckled down while the Sharknado passes over, and one day Maddie P will, will I guess, <laughs> return and be a one real person. One day it'll be like Sharknado 46, and he'll be old and gray and retire. And you know, I know that we're 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 kind of throwing this 
this Sharknado joke around, and and yet this thing is just taking over the world. It's it's an amazing phenomenon. Is the Sharknado? You know, <laughs> this whole thing. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Well, yeah, everybody has. It's been it's like all over the Twitter. They're already they are seriously doing a part two. Uh, Tara Reid is back on the top of the list now. She's getting booked all over the place. You see her on all these websites now. I mean, this thing is just breaking up. I heard some rumor that she's they actually don't want her for the sequel, and that seems like such a shame. You would picture that as being rock bottom for her, and now she can't get on the sequel. <laughs> well, now that's rock bottom if you can't. Get yeah, on okay. The I guess you're, yeah. there's always further to fall. Well, and you know, I don't think that it's rock bottom. It's just work. This is you know, and when you are in Hollywood, you you take work, and you have no idea what's going to break out and what isn't. This thing breaks out if they don't put Tara Reid in this show. Mm-hmm. I say well, we we band together and we and 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 we boycott Sharknado. Too. Uh, look, I had as I had as much fun as anyone else with the first Sharknado, but in all honesty, I think I've already seen how it's ruined Shark Week. If anyone's been paying attention <laughs> to that this week, it is all schlock and oh, the no. most fake, horrible. They're hunting for megalodon. They're they a uh, Sharknado has just lowered America's expectations from sharks, and that's that's. I, I didn't know they could get any lower. You, oh. No, they can. Yeah. That's definitely part of it. Yes. Yeah. Tara Reid and Shark Expectations are both at rock bottom right now. Well, and we hope to get Tara Reid on the show someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah she so has time. Please come on the show. Yeah, she's, no, she seems like a fun personality. I'd love to talk to her. Well, you know what? I I saw her recently on uh, TMZ. I My wife was watching the show, not me. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, she, she was... She was actually hosting it, and one of the things that kind of caught my attention was that she was kind of – there was some – Her nip you know, No, well, there's, that is legendary, but she was talking about how you know, Tom, there was a Tom Brady you know, gossip thing out, and then she was basically saying how – she was kind of bragging how you know, she, she boned Tom Brady you know, 15 years ago or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, damn, you just throw that down there. Yeah, I just think that was excellent. So um, speaking of monsters, uh, we Good have day, one. Man. We have one coming up really, really, really soon here. Doug Jones, let's quickly talk about this guy. Uh, he's the guy behind the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and literally. If, yeah, yeah. And if you guys IMDB this guy. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna say oh that's him oh that's him oh that's him yeah, yeah. clear your schedule because you're gonna have to dig through a lot <laughs> of credits <laughs> and as the rest of our lineup goes we're Laura Frazier she plays Lydia on the I don't even have to say this super hit show Breaking Bad ooh I want to talk about that later we're we're we are gonna have a little segment here we're gonna talk about Breaking Bad uh, both Grim and I are from Albuquerque we feel we have a very strong connection to this particular show. It was a pleasure to talk to this guest. Um, we got Connor Jessup com- coming up. This is an up-and-coming star. Uh, TNT's Falling Skies. Um, Dean Haglin is coming out, guys. This is one of the one of the lone gunmen, uh, just a legend as far as sci-fi goes. And the very, very, very lovely Nikki Griffin will be joining us too. You guys. Um, so we got a great show going. Um, Grim. Yes, Marky. What are you most looking forward to on your first show? Uh, I think at the end. <laughs> when it's over. Yeah, but in between, <laughs> uh, I do. I want to talk about Breaking Bad, because normally I just kind of have to stand there alone and shout about it, and no one cares. Yeah, true. But here I kind of feel like I have a right. 
Uh, and, uh, uh, well, I also just want to see what you like. About the show? Yeah. I, 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 I joy in the things that make you happy, sir. Well, you know, I'm the guy that's usually behind the scenes, right? You know, I'm calling people, trying to book people, or I'm at a, a event, Comic-Con. I'm the guy that's asking the questions in the background. I'm very suddenly out here. And being here now 10 minutes, I could say, I don't like it. It is nerve-wracking to be here. It's fun, too. It's it's like it's kind of like, you know, skydiving, I guess, you know. You just got to let it No, go. I won't go skydiving. Well, I won't go skydiving. That's ridiculous. I'll do this. But this but is verbal skydiving. Yeah. Oh, well, you guys aren't going to like my bachelor party plans then. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I guess What's you don't What's his have name? <laughs> uh, zing! Yeah. Woo! Woo! That was oh, that's Our equal opportunity was. show here. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, I, I, well, I'm sorry, Mark. I'll just stop pointing his loaded gun at you. I kind of thought it would be a, be a motivator, if nothing else. But I can see you're starting to sweat. It's because it's really hot in the studio that we made. Well, yeah, we should. Oh, uh, that is a that is a Maddie P. Ritter Happy Hour tradition. Oh, just a we're just not worried. That's box? part of our contract. The studio oh, has to be at least eighty-seven degrees. Well, it, I don't know why we have all these lights in here. We're, we're not. No one can see us. You know, it's like we're at the. It's like we're on a film set. Yes, you're not. You're not on TV. <laughs> we don't. So I, I and I still don't know why you're doing the makeup. <laughs> uh, I'm still. That's look in honor good. of Doug Jones. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> there, well. Okay, I think we should probably go on a little break here. We're going to try to get Doug Jones on the line, and um, that's good. He'll know what to do. Yeah, it, yeah, oh yeah. He's got a lot of uh, really great memorable speaking parts. He's most well known. Well, that's actually one of our questions for him. Is you know, how are you heard behind that mask? <laughs> I I I keep seeing him in live action roles. When? Uh, and actually, quite a few things. Uh, John, I remember him best as the dead Iraqi soldier in Three Kings. He, no, that's him. Oh, see, he's in everything. This guy is in Man. everything. Honestly, you look you look back at the movies you've seen, you're going to recognize him. I do, uh, you know. And now that I think about that, that about that particular role, I think he kind of cashed it in a little. Well, you know, everybody <laughs> has a has a pension to ham it up. <laughs> Just lay there. That's all I got to do. All right. So, uh, yeah, Rico, take us to commercial, and uh, let's see what we can do. All right. Let's have a little bit of music. We'll be right back.
into the uh, Ferris music there, but I want everyone to please welcome a man who has enough IMDb credits to buy a boat. He's the star of Hellboy 1 and 2, Pan's Labyrinth, Falling Skies, John Dies at the End, and many, many, many more. The Silver Surfer himself, Mr. Doug Jones. Ho, ho, Jones, hey, you thank you. you know, and with an introduction like that, I, I really wish you could buy a boat with IMDb credits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always figured nice. that's how it worked. <laughs> I just, right. just bring your laptop with you, and, and you're ready to go. Oh, I'd wear them like badges if I had any. <laughs> well, uh, listen, before I, I hope this doesn't set the wrong tone, but before we get going, uh-huh. uh, first, you're on the line with uh, me, Grimshay. I've got uh, Mark E., and uh, Rico is uh, out on the other coast listening in. Hello. Hey, everybody. And I just hey, want to say we talked to uh, to Connor Jessup, your co-star from uh, from Falling Skies yesterday. And yeah, he welcome. asked us to ask you, Uh-oh. and I quote, can I cup? Now, did we just fall for a prank? <laughs> yeah. Did he just burn us? <laughs> what is can I cup? Now, that sounds horrible when you don't have context. Um, Please put some context in this, because we think it's a joke. We just oh don't want to be the one. I wish I so, wish he would have added your face on there, because that would have cleared <laughs> things up. Oh, he may have. I don't know. I was taking shorthand notes. Right. Well, can I up? I, here's what happens when I'm in my full Cochise makeup and and alien costume on the set of Falling Skies. Um, I'm a bit of a fascination for all the kids on the show because I'm, I'm like a I'm a life-size plushy toy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so all of them, and of course Connor's just 19 years old. Last year he was 18, uh, and then of course little Maxim Knight uh, uh, plays um, uh, you know little Matt. Uh, and so whenever I'm talking to the kids, I'll pet them on the head and say, "You're such a good puppy." Can I cup? And I'll and I'll put my hand on their face and they'll say and they'll just kind of lean into it. Uh, so that's something that Connor has taken a liking to, and I can't Get believe he mentioned that on the air. Thank you for that. Well, well that's uh, I I feel a lot better. Imagination. Okay, I feel on. like I have a dirty Trust mind. Me, we all do. <laughs> we all just wanted to get that out of the way real quick yeah. before we get into the real nitty gritty interview here. Good. All right. So good. I think we're all still on good terms here. So let's just yeah, carry. Right. We're all all good. No one's going to jail. Yeah. yeah good, I think sir. that's all been explained away. Yeah. It's right. early. <laughs> uh, now, you seem to be uh, Guillermo del Toro's like go-to creature guy, kind of like the Andy Circus to his Peter Jackson. And I'm just fascinated on how like a partnership like that can evolve. Well, uh, you know, yeah, me too, honestly. I, I never <laughs> in my wildest dreams thought that I would find a director of his caliber that would uh, that would take me under his wing like he has and groomed me like he has. Um, we met uh, for the first time on, in 1997 on Mimic, which was his his first American feature film with a big budget and a studio attached. So uh, he, had, he had had quite a reputation in Mexico before that, and had, his first feature film, Cronus, was already out by then. But um, but a lot of American people didn't know that, so including me. I, I so when I met him, I was I was called in to do some reshoots on Mimic, just to work three days as one of his Long John Bug guys, and. Um, it was during um, one of our lunch breaks that he sat and talked to me and uh, asked me all about my history and who, what I've what have you been in before? Tell me everything. So he, he, he was very inquisitive, and and he had the kind of in, uh, inquisitive mind that would accompany a fanboy or an eight year old boy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he was he's got such a childlike quality about him, and such a love for creepy crawly monster things 
that um, that he loved hearing my whole resume and um, and asked me if I had a card. Uh, so, so I did. We did that exchange, and then I didn't hear from him for five years. I went on and did other jobs. And in 2002, he was prepping the first Hellboy movie, and they had sculpted a maquette of the Abe Sapien character. And everybody at the Spectral Motion Creature Shop said, you know, this kind of looks like Doug Jones. And then he said, Doug Jones. I know Doug Jones. And he pulled my card out of his wallet five years later. So, oh. so that's the kind of – You a, don't need no stinking of, Doug Jones. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's uh, Well, that's a good argument for getting good quality cards. <laughs> Vistaprint. Yeah. Vistaprint.com. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go on. Well, that's uh, that's, uh, that's a stroke of stroke of luck, I think, for all of us that uh, that he still had your card and that you uh, well, got your yeah. foot in that door so squarely, and that you've stayed so busy. I I have my computer here. Um, yeah. Jack Jack Nicholson under his acting credits, he has seventy five titles. You have one hundred and thirteen titles. Oh well, my gosh! So now, now, you are better for Jack that. <laughs> Uh, Jack Nicholson probably wouldn't do all the short films and web series that I say yes to in, in between my bigger projects. Well, he's just a quitter. That's why. Yeah, he's, just a, he's, a, he's a wimp. He can't take it. Yeah. Yes, he has yet to call me back about my web short. Okay. <laughs> right. okay. There we go. There we go. Yeah, already don't like him. Already. Okay. Right. Uh, exactly. In fact, if, when, you're that, when you're that busy, how do you even decide what you're going to do next? I mean, it sounds like like you just must be getting junk mail volume of of request to be in things how do you how do you pick out from that pile yeah well you do you um it, it starts with with a good script for me i try i try I, I, there's people listening to this right now that, that'll say yeah you haven't read my script yet doug well i <laughs> i'm trying i try to read everything that i'm that i'm submitted uh uh so that i can see if it's you know if i if i need to pass i'll know why and if i if i if it's something that's golden that i must do then i'll know why um and the next thing would be uh, if it's a story that I need to tell or if I that I want to be a part of that moves me in some way or makes me laugh. Uh, and then if, if the character. Is it a character that also moves me or that I can learn something from that I feel safe inviting into my heart to play through me that that I want to get to know better? Uh, and the third thing is the director. Whose hands am I going to be in? Um, what kind of a creative writer are we going to be on? You know. Uh, so uh, if those things are in place and and they don't have any money. It's a it's an indie indie thing with with like very little budget. Um, uh, I'll say yes based on those first three things if my schedule will allow it. Now of course money jobs have to come first, but um, but uh, but you'll find yourself with a lull here and there and and uh, like a month where you don't have before your next thing starts and you can work in some of those things. And I've met a lot of brilliant young upcoming directors along the way because of this. That um, that I would end up doing anything for it um, after that because I just trust their their sensibilities and their sense of humor and their their timing and their their storytelling. Hmm. So, so Guillermo del Toro calls you up tomorrow and says, "Hey, good news! I got you uh, twenty bucks. One afternoon's work. We're doing a Pizza Hut commercial. <laughs> would you do it? <laughs> You'd jump right. I on. would. Oh, yeah. I know. For Guillermo del Toro, I would take a dump on the pavement if he would film it. <laughs> I agree. That guy, that guy is just amazing. I would probably he, he would turn that into something awesome. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, he would. It would be he all. Would. It would turn into an alien robot thing, and it would be <laughs> kind of turd morph. It'd be awesome. Uh, I have a really quick question. We 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 had a couple of your future co co stars on the uh, yes. Maddie P Happy Hour. Um, and it's a project that you did called Monster School, or that you're about to do, or that you've done, and it's not come out yet. But Monster School, um, we had a couple of your of um, 
of your co-stars on there. Tiffany Brower was on here and Madison Dillon. Oh, great. And, yeah, tell me a little bit about Monster School. Yeah, I have a couple projects that haven't been shot yet that, that I'm excited about. One of them is Monster School. The other one is Space Command, which we can talk about in a second, too. Um, but Monster School is, uh, I think, what, what the process, the, 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 the place it's in right now is they're, they're doing a web uh, comic book of it that we're all going to voice our own characters for. <clears throat> the live-action movie is yet to come, uh, and that's going to be something, if you couple Harry Potter with the X-Men first class kind of a thing, uh, we have an academy where... Um, where we take in uh, kids who have an inner monster that needs to be groomed and and taught how to display itself. Um, so, so I play, but the twist on this is that that all of us who work at the school, I'm headmaster Doug Jones, and then there's also uh, uh, hopefully you know there's oh gosh the janitor is played by uh, I'm thinking it's uh, uh, oh I, all my names have gone ah curses uh, Reggie Bannister is in it and. Uh, um, Tony Todd is in it, and, and everybody plays a teacher or a gym coach or something, uh, but we're all going by our own names. So it, it's as if these actors from the horror sci-fi genre are actually working at a school teaching kids how to be monsters, and it turns out that we all are monsters within ourselves as well. That We don't just play them on TV and film. So that's the concept there. and it's, it's, kind of, it's actually very, very fam- family-friendly and very fun, yeah. And I think, I think wow. uh, Dean Hagland, who you're having on later today, he's also well. He's going to be part of Space Command, which is coming uh, another one that is yet to be done. Um, yeah. Space Command is a is a is an old school sci-fi uh, property. Uh, Mark Zakree is our is our writer, our head and writer. And he'll be on the show next week, we think. Actually. Oh, good. You're talking to Mark. Yep. Excellent. He'll yep. he'll tell you more about it. He's and he talks fast, so keep up. But <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> He's a genius, brilliant man, and he he's created this this world that that brings back like the sci-fi of of the olden days of like the 50s when you're watching things in black and white when a spaceship was on wires flying past you. Uh, it's that kind of of love, but with also today's technology. So they couple uh, that that old school. Uh, you know, we can go win. We can go win the forces of evil, and you'll beat them in the universe out there if we fly around fast enough and you know and shoot enough guns. Um, wow. Uh, and it's the, it's that with with a whole with visual effects that are that are you know just stunning, uh, but the, even the style of his spaceship is is very 1960s 50s ish. Um, so and I get to play the android on that on this in this movie Space Command. Uh, my android name is Dor Nevin, and uh, and I'm sort of like an android who who has taken on more human characteristics than he was supposed to. So that that might cause a problem. They always do as soon as those right. You have to smack those droids back down. Right. <laughs> yeah, the droids are always the patsies. Oh, I know. Yeah. Wow. That, so so I'm guessing you're going to be in costume for the droid uh, role again. Uh, kind of a yes and no. Uh, they they went they did the conceptual designs based on my face. Uh, it's based on a, a little bit of pasty makeup and then a, a headgear piece that kind of goes around the crown of my head. I'll be hairless with a shaved head and and a, a great costume with a high collar, and it looks very, very stiff and prim and put together, but it is a bit of me in there. Oh, okay, so so almost no makeup by your usual Which is standards. great, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and um, I was actually looking at some of your like characters and things, and you, you always seem to come through the mask or the makeup. You know, is, is that by design? Like, do you have to ask for that, or is that just the way the, the makeup falls on you? I mean, you can always just kind of tell it's you. 
Well, that's that's very kind of you. Thank you. I um I think that is not by design necessarily. Uh, I've certainly never requested. I I I leave the design work up to those Oscar-winning you know artists that that create all all those monsters I get to wear. For me, I I think I think it would be because I'm I'm well I'm six three and a half. I weigh 140 pounds. That, that's kind of a distinctive look right there. Anyway, <laughs> you got it. Uh, so. When you start putting rubber on that, it's still it's still a tall, skinny guy. And uh, uh, but even like my face, like I I've had people tell me that Abe Sapien, even from the Hellboy movies, they see a lot of Dougie Jones in there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I, I I and even even uh, and on Falling Skies now, the my Cochise Alien, um, there's a little bit of Dougie Jones there too. Even yeah. though I've got these wide bulbous eyes that are set way out and they're golden colored, and uh, there's still something. I think it's the mouth. When when the mouth is glued yeah. down to my own. And I'm doing, and I'm, and I'm, uh, and you can see my mouth, you know, creating the dialogue as we go. Uh, there, there is a certain personality of Doug Jones that, that is going to come through. I'm sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's very strong in the uh, Fawn character of um, Pan Lambert. Oh, it's very very. Well, thank you. He's it, another one of my. That favorites. is, um, that is, I I believe that's the best movie I've ever seen. To, to be honest, it with is you. my favorite it, film I've ever been in. It's the perfect movie. Yeah, yeah. It just blows your mind when you're when you're yeah. watching that thing. So it just that is one you can rewatch. Compliments re-watch, to the yeah. chef on that one. You yeah. guys just kick ass. <laughs> I thank yep. you, and I'm sure Guillermo del Toro thanks you as well. And and he doesn't and the, care what I think at all. Well, of well, course I think he you, does. you worked extra hard for that movie, though. I mean, uh, from what I understand. Hard. Yeah. You you actually learned some archaic Spanish to do that, oh and gosh. I just got back from Spain with a semi decent Spanish vocabulary, and no uh, one understood what I was saying. So right. my hats off to you for uh, being uh, able to deliver this uh, this you know non native dialogue, which I know you've done in uh, a French movie too, the uh, uh, Game Board, Board. Yeah. Uh, Heroic Life. Yes, uh, that is that is the most difficult thing I'll ever be asked to do is when I'm wearing a five hour makeup application on stilts. And having to deliver paragraphs of a language I don't speak, uh, that, that was that was a mind bender. That that uh, working on Pan's Labyrinth and Gainsbourg both, but uh, um, it's uh, it, I find that it, it doesn't matter if it's archaic Spanish or modern Spanish. I don't know either one of them. So, so I, I <laughs> well, at least you can say that. But you've got to start reading your contracts better, or at I least know, check. Tell me about it. If they were, if they were only in English. <laughs> Oh, now, uh, speaking of the whole costume thing, though, and this is just something that's occurred to me in the past watching the Hellboy movies, because uh, between you and uh, and Ron Perlman, who also does about half his roles in heavy makeup or full costume, did you ever just have to look at each other on the set between takes and, like, sigh? <laughs> I will give you the best <laughs> sigh moment ever. Uh, after after we filmed Hellboy One, of course, uh, it took four years before we were back filming Hellboy Two. On our very first day, uh, uh, Ron Perlman and I were being made up in chairs next to each other. Now, normally we we, we have he has his own Hellboy trailer, and I have my own uh, Abe Sapien trailer for the makeup team because our pieces are hung up, and 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 we it takes a team of like three people to get us done. So we each need our own trailer because there's so many supplies that come with us. But that first day, we, they didn't have the second trailer up yet, so I was in with Ron, and, and both of our makeup teams were crowded into this this <laughs> makeup trailer. We uh, it's the end of the day. We've just put in uh, you know at least twelve hours, if not eighteen, 
and we're getting undone and cleaned up, and finally his face comes off with red bits and smudges and smears all over him and glue bits stuck in his hair. And I'm getting my blue bits off, and like I'll, I finally I can pop my face out, and uh, there I am with like my hair stuck to the side of my head and blue smears on my nose and oh. glue bits, <laughs> boogers on my neck. I look at him, he looks at me, and all he said was, six months, six days <laughs> oh a week. <laughs> That's you're what we still, had ahead of us. You're was, still uh, that six was our months first away at that point. Our, that was our first day of a six-month shoot, <laughs> six days a week. And we were just both thinking, oh, my gosh, how are we going to survive this? Oh, I'm I'm sorry I didn't pay more to see that movie now. Well, you are underpaid. <laughs> right. You deserve more. I illegally downloaded it. <laughs> oh, yeah, bless you. Just kidding, heart. I did not. I, I cut it on Netflix. That's eight bucks a month. Yeah. He'll he'll mail you some money though. Hearing this <laughs> story, a couple I think. Thank you. Good job, good job. <laughs> and you know, I I just got back from Comic Con, uh, and I saw the gentle giant figure of the fawn, you know, in the in the I glass. Was beautiful. There. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to ask. Yeah, I was I was about to ask you. You know, what's it like seeing yourself in you know, in statue form and 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 you yeah. being a part of that? So you know. What's that whole process like? Well, it's it, it's rather it's rather a, a egocentric for me. I mean, it's it's easy to get a big hit like yeah, I'm a, I'm a statue, I'm an action figure, I'm a toy, uh, a three hundred dollar <laughs> toy, you know, like <laughs> no, it's, it was, it's it was a four hundred dollar toy, four hundred dollar toy. It is beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, well, that is General Giant's fourth um, statue they've made from uh, Pan's Labyrinth. They've done that's their second fawn, and they've also done two uh, Pale Man figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just—they're all stunning and, and very true to true to life. Um, I've also been um, toys and statues and action figures from the Hellboy movies, from the Silver Surfer movie, from uh, oh, uh, oh golly, it, it, the gentleman from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, and mm-hmm. it goes all the way back to my my early days. One of my first jobs was um, the TV commercial campaign for McDonald's called Mac Tonight. Do you remember that crescent moon? Yes, I absolutely that. remember that. that. Sang it about that was that, that was, was me in that moonhead. No way. Yeah. When the clock strikes, hey, half past six, baby. No. Oh, ha! Yeah, that was me. Uh, <laughs> And so that, that was you are in everything. <laughs> I, I just have been. Yeah, that was my first time. Uh, they turned that character into hand puppets and toys that went in the Happy Meals and beach towels, sippy cups, lunch boxes. I was that, that was that was my 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 introduction into being a a, a toy. And oh my gosh, I um, it was really weird when you see you know, a, a, a car drive by and their license plate frame is a Mac Tonight figure. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Do you actually get to get like like one of them for free at least? Do you you know? Do you have um, a I collection? Get one of, I have. I I think if I'm not crazy, I think I have one of everything I've been for free. Uh, yes, I've got them all. <laughs> I'd love that. So, I'd love to take a picture of that. That is. That well, is. yeah. But I told I told the lovely Mrs. Lori uh, when I die or bef- right before I die, make sure I sign every figure in this house so you can sell them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Oh, that's. That's well. I hate to break away again, but now we're, I want to get into some rumor territory. And maybe Uh-oh. you can you can stop some rumors here and turn them into facts. What can you tell us about Hellboy Three? Oh right, there's the rumor of the day. Well, you know, uh, rumors of Hellboy Three got got stirred up because Ron Perlman was recently in Pacific Rim with Guillermo del Toro directing, mm-hmm. and 
that they were doing the press tour together, uh, and when Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro are sitting in the same room, just like when I and Guillermo del Toro are sitting in the same room, or Ron and I are sitting in the same room, everybody <laughs> wants to know what's happening with Hellboy 3. And uh, so on one of their early press tours, uh, somebody asked that from the audience, and Ron said, I would love to do it. It's a favorite character I've ever played. So that got everybody Twittering and Facebooking immediately. It's going to happen, you guys! Right? So... <laughs> Which was, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and Guillermo del Toro also would love to do a Hellboy 3. He's got the story in mind. He's always had it in mind. Um, but uh, Ron and, and Guillermo and I, even though we all want to do the movie desperately and the fans deserve a part three, they've been waiting for a part three, the story was left open for one, what we're missing is $200 million and a studio to back it. There you go. Oh, wow. Oh, so if you have lots of like rich nothing. friends. Yeah, right. I have none. <laughs> Well, and this this world desperately needs another comic book movie, right? Like right now. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's been about like, a week you guys now. Should wait until like you know, it's give it another five years, let this whole thing pass, and then bang, you guys come out with the Hellboy three. It's the biggest thing. That's right. that's my suggestion. Wow. That's a great idea. <laughs> Thank. You. Thank you, well, you you sound sincere, but I also know you don't want to get back in the makeup, so I'm not going to hold no. it against you. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm, I'm curious to know if you were interested in doing more comedy. I mean, you started out in a couple little things. I mean, you were even on In Living Color, apparently. I was. I did three episodes of In you Living know. Color back in the day. You oh, know, wow. and the Weird Al show, and I mean, yep. you played the um, the gay robot and Nick Morrison's uh, <laughs> ten time. I mean. It, you know, do you, I mean that's still in costume, but I mean, are you interested in doing more? Absolutely, more comedy. Yeah. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up because I, um, I just last season, uh, uh, the new show on ABC called The Neighbors. Uh, it's about a, 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 a family that moves into a, a gated community in New Jersey, and, and they don't realize when they move in that all of their neighbors in that community are aliens from outer space who are posing as humans. So uh, I think the, that's just New Jersey. Or is it just Jersey? <laughs> wow. So the, uh, the show was actually a big hit. It played right before Modern Family on Wednesday nights, and now it's going to be moving to Friday nights. They've renewed it for season two, and I had the, the honor of being a recurring guest on the show. I played, I did six episodes, and all of us alien people on the show go by, by – we name ourselves after famous um, uh, uh, athletes because we think that's that's Earth's best people. So I go by the name of Dominique Wilkins, who was a basketball player from like the Michael Jordan era. Oh, we know him. He was yeah. the, Atlanta. the best okay. dunker up here. Excellent. There you go. So, uh, but of course, I look nothing like him, as you might have guessed. <laughs> so, we also have Mary Lou Retton on the show, and uh, uh, Jackie Joyner Kersey, and Larry Bird, and <laughs> so it's it's just an absolute uh, joy to be uh, on such a very silly, silly show. We even did a musical episode. It was episode number twenty of season one. And that was probably the job that I could have died happy right after doing. Uh, to be on a sitcom and, and creating laughs and singing and dancing while doing it was just absolute dream come true for me. Wow. Well, we, we've heard you actually have a pretty impressive singing voice. And I well, love I don't want to boast. Of Mac the Knife. Oh, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Give, give, us, give us a four-minute song. A four-minute song? 
I'll just put you on the spot right now. Uh, all right. If your if your backup isn't there, I'll I'll give you, I'll cut right. you a break. Yeah, if you want to lose listeners, let's do that. <laughs> well, we have five. Now. This show doesn't uh, have any listeners. You you have five. <laughs> you want to five, they're, but they're, they're, big. they're big. Yeah, they're we love yeah. them. Yeah, my mom is not going to turn this show off no matter what you say. <laughs> Uh, now I, I have a personal question, just me. I, I'm not sure again, like we have no listeners. I'm not sure if anyone else saw this movie, but I personally love it. I just saw John dies at the end about a month ago. You and a lot of people, like the, the people come Uh, out of the woodwork and confess to me all the time. They've seen that movie and love it. Oh, I've been running around asking people if they've seen it and no one's even heard of it. It tells you the ending. Yeah. No, it's kind of a, he doesn't. It's deceiving. Oh, well. The title's deceiving, but um, John. Well, John doesn't deceiving. die again. Well, well yeah, I, don't I, I don't want. I can't say. Spoiler alert! Come on. Look, I'm, I'm not going to spoil this for you. Uh, I'm watching it John, tonight. I'll confuse. There you but go. this is uh, and another example of, of where you know if you've got your eyes open, you can see Doug Jones without makeup. Without makeup places. on, exactly. Mm-hmm. And also, and if you're, if we're talking comedy, this is it's kind of a it's, I would say it's in the horror sci-fi genre, but it's also an extremely funny movie. It's hilarious. Uh, it's done, done by uh, uh, director writer Don Coscarelli, who adapted the book John Dies at the End. And Don Coscarelli is also the, the same director who brought you the Phantasm movies and Bubba Hotep and the Beastmaster with Mark Singer. Oh, I didn't know about the Beastmaster. Yeah. Yeah, I, was I know. I know that had done Bubba Hotep. We uh, love Bubba Hotep in this house, sir. We okay. Love Bubba okay. Hotep. Yes, we do. Yes, <laughs> you do not have to worry about that. We all, when I saw that, like at the Best Buy or whatever, I bought it without knowing anything about it, just by the cover. Right. Got, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. It was the best. Mo- anyway, go on. Go on. I'm, I'm no, sorry. Well, I'm sure a lot of them got sold that way. People, what is this? <laughs> all, and then they just leave that. Nobody heard about Bruce Bubba Campbell Hotep. is is is. As Elvis? As Elvis. So you can't go wrong with that cover, exactly. With a busted-up crank. Anyway, go on. <laughs> well, you know, that will happen. Speaking of that, I know you're you're a contortionist, too. Well, you know, it sure is written about a lot. Anyway. Uh, I, I can put my legs behind my head, have been able to since I was an early teen, and uh, and, and stop with the, the innuendos that are about to happen. Um I'm actually just trying to get the vision of a six foot four guy or whatever doing that with his legs behind his head. It's awful. Well, Go on. You know what most people ask me, of course. What most guys ask me is, "Well, so can you?" You know what I mean? Oh yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't think about that, but now I'm curious. I, yeah, I didn't think of that. I was. I was that. thinking more lines of what's like the craziest position or some, you know, some crazy names I never heard of things that you got to do. But since you asked the question, well, can you? I can't answer because you know because if I say uh, no I can't that means I tried and if I say yes I can then I'm just a perv and I shouldn't be on the phone. Doug, we've all tried. It's just come on. <laughs> far from yeah. it. In a way, it's kind of win-win for you. <laughs> right. All right. Well, before I we think if the answer was yes, we wouldn't see 113 titles. It'd be more like three. <laughs> I've obviously had time for other things. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Got to go. <laughs> I'm busy tonight. I'm getting a job. <laughs> All right. Well, now, I know you're busy, and before we let you go, I just, uh, you know, once again into the rumor mill, we were talking to Connor Jessup about the upcoming fourth season of Fallen Skies on TNT, yes. and he convinced us that the writers really didn't give him any details whatsoever. 
So maybe you could tell us, are they just going to kill them off and they haven't had the heart to tell them yet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Because they told all of us. I'm not sure. Why did they tell Connor? <laughs> sure. No, no, no. Like, I, I, I'm going to uh, echo what Connor said. I have no clue what's coming up for season four. In fact, I just found out myself two days ago that I got picked up for season four. So I have no idea in what way. Well, you know? I haven't seen the finale yet. I've seen every other episode, so I, I guess okay. you don't die. So that's good. I have no idea. And be, well, and um, I just want to say before we let you go again that uh, – and I, I say this to Connor over and over and over again – that show was saved and you know because of your character on it i mean it was it wasn't it was a good show but i was waiting yeah. for it to get into the great you know level and as soon as your character shows up i think it skyrocketed you know into greatness so you oh. are doing great work sir you are saving well, sci-fi almost by yourself well, you are very, very kind. Thank you. And if you, if, when you see that season finale that just aired uh, last Sunday, uh, you are going to see me playing multiple Volm characters in it. I, uh, I play yeah. my own father in this episode. Yes. Whoa. So, okay. so we, did, we, shot it, we, we shot it. We shot it Patty Duke style. Oh. oh, that's awesome. I'm in. We, yeah, I'm in. So All I, right, well. I got to have conversations with myself. <laughs> That 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 must be better than what you've just sat through. <laughs> no, you guys are uh, delightful. Are you kidding me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're just being kind. Yeah. I think. Well, in that spirit, we'll give you another twenty minutes to plug your next few upcoming projects. Research Unless, the, the the web series. There you go. On go to YouTube and, and type in series. research uh, or or go to researchseries.com. It's with. Uh, it's a hilarious web series with Barry Bostwick and myself, and I, I can't recommend it enough. Ooh, both leads. All right. Well, uh, thank you again. I'm going to be checking that out. Uh, don't forget to catch that. I need to know this. Yeah. Uh, upcoming on The Neighbors, on Space Command, on Monster School. Look for him. Research the web series. And TNT's Falling Skies, beginning production for season four, I think in about a month or so. So September get caught 10. up, people. September 10th. go. This we're talking to Mac the Knife himself, guys. Mac tonight. Oh. <laughs> he, and, and and if you're just tuning in, you missed out. We already heard some of the Mac the Knife Mac tonight song. <laughs> He's not doing it again in public. He already told us. So thank you for coming on today. Uh, this is Marquis Grimshay. You got Rico on the line. We are on the. We're we just got through with Mr. Doug Doug Jones. Thank you again for for joining us. It was a Thank real pleasure to you. You are a legend oh. in film and TV. Keep it up. You're doing you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Please yeah, come thank back. You so much. <laughs> All right, thanks, Doug. All right, thanks a bunch. And uh, let's take a little break now. Um, we'll be back in a couple minutes. We'll listen to some pretty girls make graves.
Braves. But now we have something else coming up. Uh, uh, Grim, why don't you uh, let everybody know who uh, who you and Monkey got to speak to earlier today? Oh, oh, just still giddy about it. Huh? This uh, this is an actress from Scotland, and you probably know nothing about her if you're in the States except that she's Lydia on Breaking Bad, the woman who's about to snap and go crazy and kill everybody. <laughs> At any moment. And uh, and we got to sit down and talk to her for a little bit. Obviously, she can't, you know, under contract, she can't discuss the show very much. She's not doing much else uh, professionally right now. But I was so thrilled to get a chance to talk to her, and I hope you guys like listening to it. And, Marky, will you give this uh, interview your blessing as well? You were there. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with her, yeah. And, yep. you know, she's on Breaking Bad, which premieres the final season starts this Sunday, Breaking Bad. We're talking to Lydia. Uh, yeah, cue it up. All right. If you've got a TV, you should be watching Breaking Bad, and she's one of the reasons. Thank you once again for joining us. You're in for a treat. We are about to be speaking with the lovely Laura Frazier, who is coming to us live all the way from the U.K., uh, and we've got plenty of questions about that, plenty of questions about her, her shows, lip service, Breaking Bad, and anything else you may have seen her in. Laura Frazier, are you there? I am here. I am here. Can you hear me? Are you receiving me? <laughs> Loud and clear. Thank you again so much for joining us today. Uh, and last oh, I heard, welcome. you were climbing up a hill. <laughs> Yes, I'm actually, I've surmounted the, the peak, and I'm going down the other side. It's all going swimmingly. Yes. Oh, so wonderful, way. wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you one one more time for joining us. Uh, my name is Grim Shea, by the way. I'm joined by uh, another producer, Mark E. Thank, hello. And uh, if at any time this walk becomes too strenuous, you just say the word, and we will cut to a commercial or anything. I know what that's like. The word is help, I think it. <laughs> that, that'll do. Help we'll send me. services straight to you. All right. Now, my first question is, and I'm so glad to hear this, and I bet whenever you talk to someone from the States, you're probably sick of hearing it, but I love the brogue. The The accent <laughs> is, is because I've seen you in so many things and never had a clue that you weren't, A, American, and B, that you actually have a natural Scottish accent like that. Well, actually, it's totally manufactured. I just pretend to, to do it so that I, people think I've got a really good American accent. Yeah, I just I just have a really good Scottish accent, yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, your Scottish accent is better than any of the American jokers to do it. <laughs> Uncanny. Now, I, I, do, I do believe you probably are from Scotland, despite what you say. Uh, and I, I think you're very well known for uh, the show Lip Service over there. Oh yeah, uh, yes. Um, that was that did well over here. People like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> they did. Well, then I've got to it's, ask. It's, it's unusual for people to have um, Scotland. Like, the, not a lot of things are shot here. Well, maybe a little bit more these days. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to ask? Oh well, I I uh, I just wonder how you how you managed to go from uh, from a serialized drama like that in taking place in Scotland. All the way to the American Southwest, and which what you are known for is the phenomenal hit Breaking Bad over here on this side of the pond. I'm just curious what kind of a journey that was. <laughs> I know it's totally surreal. I'm still trying to catch up with myself. It's um, I I moved to America 
two years ago when I was in um, Brooklyn, sort of plodding away, trying to trying to get a gig, you know, um, and just audition for Breaking Bad came in, and I hadn't seen it at that point, but um, I'd obviously heard how brilliant it was and everything, and um, I, I, yeah, I couldn't believe it, and I got on the show, and um, yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, I've kind of, I kind of feel like I've gate-crashed this amazing party that's in full swing, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I'm like along for the ride, yeah, it's so uh-huh. cool. Well, I'm I'm glad that you made it there because I love your portrayal of Lydia. I've never Aww, seen thanks. anyone just literally look every second you're on screen, you look like you're about to snap. Exactly. And you managed to spread that line so well. I think one of my very favorite moments from the last season, I think it was when you looked down and realized you were wearing two different kinds of shoes. And I for oh, some reason yeah. that just sticks with me how you how you have to walk through that literally through the rest of the scene. Just amazing. <laughs> I know, I love I mean, these these writers for this show is they're they're astonishing. I mean, every script is phenomenal and yeah, it's, it's yeah, I feel incredibly lucky that I was you know, able to play such a, a nutcase of a character. I mean well, she really is a <laughs> Well, I'm I'm almost a little afraid of you. You do it so well. <laughs> So is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now, I, you probably don't know this, but myself and my co-host, Marquis, here, are actually both from Albuquerque. Coincidentally. Coincidentally. We are oh, both from there. We're in San Diego now, but we were born and raised in Albuquerque. We know all about that city, and I could tell you with a high degree of certainty that not only was it filmed there, and that it takes place <laughs> there. But when, yeah. when I am watching that show, it is a, it's an eerie feeling of being familiar and recognizable, and it's the atmosphere of Albuquerque that kind of goes through your television sets. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit, and you spending some time uh, there, can you kind of go over what it's like to be a part of Albuquerque now? Yeah, because, I mean, I'd never been anywhere like that. I mean, the, the closest, the, the, the thing that I associated Albuquerque with to me was Australia, you know, as you get towards the outback, just with these vast skies and these amazing yeah. sunsets every night, like guaranteed every night. I couldn't yeah, believe exactly. it. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from Scotland where it's just so overcast, and you're like, where's the sky? It's just, um, it was phenomenal. And uh, I just find it so friendly. It was Even though it was kind of huge, in these vast areas, but it's just so funny, like a little village. Um, I really love filming there. And I know what you mean about when it's a familiar place on TV, because it's... Whoa! Did you hear that? Whoa, <laughs> yeah, what is that? Did you hear that you... really loud noise there? I think it got a text it, it, while I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. that well, feeling, it's... you know, yeah, it it's happened. It's being popular. Well, and um, just so that everybody's clear here... Um, if you are a outsider or a tourist and you go into our beautiful city, yeah. I don't think that there's very little danger for you. But as soon as you decide to step into that dark world of a Walter White and in that world of meth or in that world of drugs or gangs, it's a totally different experience. Albuquerque could be a really rough place, right? And it, I mean, so, yeah, so please be careful. Yeah. Well, that's well. Now I I understand. That the more we talk about the show, the more we're going to get into areas where you're probably contractually not able to discuss. But I am wondering yes, if like, you. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, and I'm not I'm going to try not to ask too much, but were you back in Albuquerque filming for this uh, for this final season at all? I was back in Albuquerque. Yes, I was. I, I I'm allowed to say that for sure. Okay. I'm not gonna, I, I mean, under penalty of death, I think that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you end up killing Walter White? That's what we really want to know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll take that as a maybe. Uh, now, well, see, now I kind of wish I hadn't brought it up because I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't try to get something out of you. But at the same time, I don't want it ruined for myself. Yeah, I know. That's oh. what everybody keeps asking me stuff, and I'm going, don't tell me. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> um, well, yeah, can you, it would totally can you, ruin it, yeah. Can you give us something to kind of look forward to, any kind of hints, any kind of nugget of information of what to look forward to in this final, which is sure to be great last season? And if people are getting to be like drug addicts, they're like, I'll take anything. What have you got? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, um, <laughs> um, I, there is a series of uh, devastating and shocking events that will astonish you. Um, and hopefully satisfy you at the same time. Oh, that sounds like a description of every that episode of the show that I've ever <laughs> yes. seen. Well, but still, that's yeah. good. I'm glad you're promising more of the same. Uh, yes. Well, all right. Uh, okay, I'm going to back off from that because I'm afraid I will get you in trouble and then ruin the season for myself. So we've got actually a little game we like to play now that we've confirmed that you have had to spend some time in Albuquerque. I'm going to ask very simple, quick questions, and if you've got a simple, oh, quick no, answer, I'm not going to be good right. at this. Oh God. Okay. That, that's all right. The prizes really aren't worth it anyway. <laughs> all right. First question I have, and uh, if you spend enough time once again in Albuquerque, I think you will get it. Uh, oh, the question is red or green? Oh no! I don't know. Is it green? Oh, <laughs> I love green. Okay. Really? Next right. question. It's actually a chilly question, but uh -huh. uh, that, which would lead us naturally into margaritas, salted or unsalted? Salted. Okay. <laughs> All right. You got the right answer again. All right. And let's ask the more the the more important question. Yeah. Yes. Here we go. I'm just going to. And actually, this is a word association question. If I say Blake's Can a I lot swear? of words. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Please swear. We love Scottish swearing. So, when I say Blake's Burger. what do you think? I think, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't blame Blake's Burger. it's uh it is a local uh burger joint and you will often Wait, as in see a lot of burger. Okay. It's it's yeah, it's called a lot of burger. Yes, a lot L O T O, Lotto Burger mm -hmm. and it's uh oh, very okay. well. It's um, for all of you Breaking Bad fans, a little Easter egg hunt for you. If you are watching the show and you see a character walk in and they're carrying a large fountain drink cup and it's got a little red, white, and blue guy on it, that is a Blake's Lauterberger cup. That's so right. it's uh, a I very authentic. The, uh, yeah, all the uh, uh, Poyos Hermanos scenes were filmed inside of Blake's Lauterbergers. Um, ah, okay. I think uh, the show obviously. Uh, Paid a little money to them, or got some free burgers from them, or whatever it is. But, right. but it is it is a great burger, and it's uh, a lot of burger. Trying to get them to move to California, so they won't do it. Now, right. our final word association is the word cholo. 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 Oh no, I don't know what that means either. Oh, you have oh, failed all of these. No, questions. no. She, she I know. I told you I'd be on. really bad at this. 
No, that's all right. If you don't know what the well, word solo means, going? that means that uh, you know show security was doing the right thing. I guess and, so. And I guess so. Not taking you to the wrong place. <laughs> okay, so now let's let's just quickly go over a couple of the answers. Red or green is a question about the local uh, crop of uh, chilies. So that's what that, and they put it on everything over there. Uh, we went over margaritas. Uh, we went over Blake Lauterberger, and a cholo is the slang term for a. A uh, little gangster. Yeah, a Mexican gangster. A Mexican gangster. Ah, and, uh, okay. So nice. If nothing else, we've told you what to stay away from <laughs> when you go back <laughs> to the Breaking Bad reunion. You know, you actually sound like Brian Cranston. Uh, yeah, well, it's... You get that he a lot, actually right? Sounds, he actually sounds like we do, you know, because he's <laughs> yeah, he gets so you. into the Albuquerque culture. Yeah, yeah. I dialogue coached him for many people. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, can you um can you also talk about working with with Brian Cranston? I, he just seems like a phenomenal talent. Yeah, god. Um yeah, god, it's just going to be a gush. I mean, he's just fantastic and so incredibly generous and on really baking hot days in the summer, he'd always ask if I wanted to do my scenes first and then he'd be like, you know, numb <laughs> in the 105 degrees. Um and just yeah, obviously pretty good actor too. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's, yeah, he was he was delight. known here almost exclusively for uh, his his comic work. So when he started doing his dramatic role, and then just swept, I think like four yeah. you know, award shows in a row, it just it it really yeah. opened our eyes. Yeah, yeah, he's Did all right you, as me. <laughs> were you familiar with his work before this this show? I had seen him in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, and my yeah, my brother watched that, and I I loved that show. Yeah. Did you think that he had a Walter White in him somewhere? I think everybody's got a Walter White in them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't say that like a good. I know I did say it like a good thing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not a good thing. You could you could probably say that that's the theme of this show is that we all have it in us, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and once again, I'm still just fighting the urge to ask any more spoiler questions. So we should probably move away from breaking that altogether. Can we ask what's next for you in the future? Well, uh, I'm what other projects are coming? Totally slacking off. Um, I am just here in Scotland um, with my family and hanging out with my kid, and really totally slacking. Um, I'm not doing anything, and I should. Um, probably uh, get it together to get another job at some point. That would be good. Um, but I don't have one right now, and I don't have one in the future as yet. I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> if I get off my ass and actually go get another job. <laughs> That's all right, Laura. You're not the only one here in this interview with the same uh, situation. Not to worry. <laughs> None of us have good jobs. Okay. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I mean if 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 you're not going to spill the beans on Breaking Bad anymore, <laughs> uh, I don't know what else we can talk about. I mean that is yeah, my and, mind is and, racing. And we're also afraid to ask you questions about it. Um, do you have any final questions, Grim? I'm trying to trying to scrub the uh, the mind of the of the Breaking Bad questions. Yeah. Um, well, I do have a, a bit of a tangential one though, but about uh, lip service. Go ahead. Uh, I actually just started watching, and I've never seen Lip Service. I've heard of it, and I've read a lot of reviews, but I've never actually seen it. Uh, and I know it has kind of mixed reviews coming from the uh, from the lesbian community about how faithfully or uh, artfully the lifestyle was portrayed. 
But I've also yeah. just started watching the new uh, Netflix series, um, Orange is the New Black. Oh, that is so good. I love that show. I love oh, that I show. It's amazing. Oh, I am on it now. I think yeah. I'll probably end up finishing it sometime later this afternoon, thanks to Netflix. Yeah, but totally. I, I was, I I was very. I watched that in like three days. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, I might beat you if I finish it today. <laughs> but I, 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 I can't help but notice how it's like a new level of how to treat, uh, you know, the lesbian culture. Granted, it's in prison, but you know, but like the kid gloves are off. And it's a fully, fully realized three-dimensional lesbian characters, and it seems like through the brilliant. media there've been yeah. stepping stones to that, and uh, and lip service is recognized as one of them. Are you proud of that? I'm proud to be part of um, a show that's a strong female ensemble. I think it's great. I, I mean, I love working with um, other other women. I love doing scenes with women and. Um, yeah, and I love watching shows about women. I love shows about men and women. I love human beings, but um, there's less with, you know, female ensembles. So, yeah, I'm totally proud to be a part of that, and I love that new show, um, Orange is the New Black. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Totally got me sucked in, too. And I'm, and I'm yeah. glad, and, and I think some credit needs to be given to the shows that came before it, like, you know, The L Word and uh, Lip oh, Service. Oh, yeah, that's I think right. you guys all deserve credit for making this one happen. Yeah, the L word. I really enjoyed that. I watched some of that when we were doing lip service. Everyone was watching the L word, um, <laughs> and and saying, "Which one do you think we are?" Like, you know, which character? Um, <laughs> as if it was the you know, carbon cutout. And um, we totally loved that. All the cast of lip service. Yeah, the writing was good on that. Well, well, again, I gotta thank you. Uh, I just really wanted to be the first to invite you back to Albuquerque at any time to have a Blake's Lauder Burger, mm-hmm. drink a margarita with salt, and put some green chili on there, and maybe hang out, go on a date with a cholo. That'd be great. Um, we can make that all happen for you. I still have connections. We did want to thank you for coming on today. We know you're calling. You are calling from a very long distance to be on the program, and uh, just wanted to remind all the listeners out there that. Breaking Bad, believe it or not, starts its final season this Sunday, August 11th. August 11th, AMC. You can catch our lovely guest, Laura Frazier, as she probably ends up killing Walter White. You guys heard it here first. Yep, she starts the fire, <laughs> burns down the city. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Laura Frazier, thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to catching up with you again. Yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Enjoy. <laughs> Oh, God bless you, and enjoy the weather. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Oh, she's great. She's great. I love accents. I know. I dated a girl from England once, and just the way she said mock, it was was awesome. So, um, Yeah, that was was a pleasure. We got to talk a little bit about Breaking Bad. A little bit later in the show, we'll probably have a little uh, roundtable discussion about Breaking Bad because we're all just huge, huge fans of it. But for now, we have time. We, we got a packed car tonight. We have a we have a packed house uh, on the line right now. Uh, she is best known for her work as troublemaking, drug dealing Jess Sathers on the hit series The OC. She has also starred in such features as the hit film The Dukes of Hazard, as well as the smash Universal film Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. And, of course, the Femme Fatale Season 2. Ladies and gents, a real-life Femme Fatale, Nikki Griffin. Hello, Nikki. Are you there? Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? 
Oh well, we're all just hanging in there. We're trying to we're trying to do our best to kind of keep this ship floating as Matty P is out there, and you know he's trying to break into Hollywood himself. Um, and again, oh, really? He's, well, he's auditioning for Sharknado two. Uh, uh, oh, electric of course. Mm-hmm. of course, of course. As I'm sure you <laughs> yes, want to be in that movie. Well, the director of Sharknado is a friend of mine, um, Anthony Ferranti, and he's um, uh, we we work together on um, Geek Magazine. Geek Magazine. <laughs> I don't so, know yes, why I find that surprising. I know that's that's just so funny because that's a total joke, and yet you actually have a connection to Sharknado. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean Hollywood yeah. is such a small town. Like I, I mean, I know everybody, and and yeah. I know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, mm-hmm. and none of that, none of that helps me. Well, <laughs> right. well, no, I mean, I think you have some pretty nice credits here. Uh, and tell us a little bit about, um, you know, life as a femme. You know, you you are uh, you're featured in the second season. Um, you know, what's it like being on the show, and what's it like being a, being a femme fatale? Well, being on Femme Fatality has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, you know, it's it's an anthology show, so you come on for one episode, maybe your character comes back. My character was, um, I was towards the end of season two, um, so I, you know, most likely won't won't be coming back. But um, it's I made a lot of really great friends on the show and. You know, with, with the kind of show that it is, you kind of a, you kind of assume that, um, you know, that it, it might be a bit catty with so many women all together. But it's been a really great experience. We've traveled the world together promoting the show, and um, uh, you know, it was one of the most professional, respectful sets I've ever been on. Well, and you know, we all may have like this idea of what it's like to be on a all women set and uh, you know what yes, what yes, may be happening and, and maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't get into that uh but you know mm-hmm. if 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 you were to look at you know what a femme fatale is and and I do have the definition here it's a irresistibly attractive woman especially one who leads men into difficult dangerous or disastrous situations it's a siren now i've caught some of these episodes um i do enjoy them and watching the show i can say that you know it it doesn't end well for the men on that show can you kind of touch on that a little bit no it doesn't um why is the it the are are you know i mean and everything is said right there in the definition you know it's women who are irresistible and lead men into these you know these situations that most of the time they know better. Um, some of the women do it because they're just crazy. Some of them do it for fun. Some of them do it for revenge. Um, my character is a mob boss. So, I, you know, you can say that it's, and she's the daughter of a former mob boss, so you can say that it's kind of in her blood. Um, but it's it's really empowering on the kind of show that deals a lot with sexuality and there's, you know, there's a lot of sex in the in the show and it's empowering that it's the women that are the driving force of the show. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens is that they they seem to use their feminine wiles, they get this guy to come in and then that's it for him. You know, that's that's kind of what the show is. Right. Um, you know, it's it's 
like I said, it's an anthology show, so each episode is different. Um, sometimes you have a genre show. They they did a comic book episode that was the season finale that was really spectacular. And um, they've done, you know, kind of a medium show. They've done um haunted show. They've done comedy episodes. You know, you really get to see a lot of different characters, but they're all looped into the same world. So everything exists within the community, um, and sometimes the characters cross cross paths. There's been yeah. um, girls that have done multiple episodes that, you know, kind of uh, Madison Dillon was, you know, someone from first season who did another episode in second season, and then she also has a very brief cameo, Blink and you'll miss her, in my episode where she jumped into the ele- uh, the elevator. Well, and I have always believed that the that the right girl can can break uh, the, she can break a man down, and it seems like just kind of looking at your bio, kind of looking at some pictures of you, you seem like you're all kinds of the right girl. <laughs> and I just want to know. <laughs> Are you aware of this, you know, of this power, and do you use it in a responsible way? Um, it's interesting because I am nothing like the characters I've played. I'm actually really friendly and, you know, sweet, if I can say that about myself. I'm not – I'm a nice person. I don't, I don't believe in revenge. I think success is the best revenge. I think being successful and – you know, people that doubted you or hurt you in some way, that that is the worst kind of revenge to me. So, um, but I have made a career of those characters. You know, my character on the OC, Jeff Sathers, was a manipulative drug dealer. Um, and my character in Tokyo Drift was, you know, a, a teenage siren that, egging on her boyfriend into a race that destroys two cars in a mm-hmm. de- housing development. <laughs> yeah. And you're saying you've never done anything like that. Uh, no. You know what? I mm. In my episode of Simpsons House, I get to slap somebody, and it was the first time I've ever slapped someone. And it's funny because Ashley Hamilton uh, plays my love interest in Simpsons House, and He's very Hollywood, you know. He's he's the son of George Hamilton, um, and he's been raised in Hollywood. And it, and my episode was very film noir, so there was a scene where I had to slap him, and we just couldn't get the angle right. And so we, you know, I get to slap him again and again, and finally he's like, you know, you can stop slapping me so hard. I think we got it. <laughs> Um, and it was it was fun because it was the first time I've ever done that. You know, I've never thrown a drink in someone's face or, or slapped someone or anything like that. I think that always keeping your composure in situations is, you know, being the better person just is is more rewarding than stooping to the level of arguing with, you know, threats or or calling names. Well, well you, like you saw I in the said, movie called the the penthouse, where it was kind of any kind. Of, what's the craziest thing that you've done in the penthouse? Um, oh, I did a movie, the penthouse, that uh, with Kaylee Kiyoko and Ryder Strong. That um, you know, it's kind of based on a reality show. So that was really fun. That we, you know, I did similar things. I pitched tantrums. I got really drunk. I, 
you know, through, <laughs> through a fit. Um, but I, I think maybe mm-hmm. I've done things in my youth when I was a teenager. Um, you know, I, I, I think I read, I read a boyfriend, a, a, a current boyfriend's letter from an ex-girlfriend, and that was the last time I ever snooped because wow. I read something that, like, had nothing to do with me. It was about, it was personal and about their former relationship, and it just, it, it just caused trouble because then, you know, how do you say, oh, well, I was snooping through your stuff, so. Well, what it was, was it? Well, yeah, it, was, it was just a letter. It was just a letter from his ex when, you know, after we we had started dating, they were trying to get back together or something, and and she was trying to get him back, and you know, and he didn't mention it, but it was, you know, so he didn't talk. He didn't talk about it, so I never got a chance to say, well, what was in the letter. But then I read it, so for me to bring it up, I'd have to say, well, I read that letter. Um, so it was just a really bad overall situation and you know it just caused me problems because it didn't say anything he hadn't done anything I had you know I had done something wrong so that just made me feel super guilty and that was the last time I snooped because it I mean it was such a you know it was such an ordeal for me Uh, I'm, I'm a bit neurotic and have high anxiety so stuff like that just you know, I'd rather just. So you're over the drama, and you, so you you wanted to go yeah. femme fatale on her, but now it's <laughs> now we just it's all peace, love, and well, happiness. I played femme fatale, and that was back in North Carolina when you know. Um, I think uh, you know I've done. I I don't know. I did the same stuff teenagers do. You know, breaking hearts, dating friends, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But nothing, um, nothing too crazy. I, I am. Well, I think everyone's got a different level of too crazy. Right. What, what do you call yeah. being too crazy as a teenager? Well, I mean, you know, there's today's kids with the, you know, with the internet, it's that people posting sex pictures or, you know, getting girls drunk at parties and posting pictures of them naked and, you know, like people sexting Ooh. and posting the pictures from their sex on the internet. It's, you know, oh, like don't get me started with these naked kids on the internet. Yeah. I mean, now you say that, and and I I see I know what you I get what you're saying, but in the same breath you you're very comfortable you know on you know I don't know what you do uh, you know who you're sending uh, text to and stuff like that, but <laughs> on screen you're very comfortable <laughs> with with your body and you know you're you're. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, Fevitals. I mean, you're you're very comfortable showing off, uh, you know, your your body there. Is, is there? Um, you think just your upbringing there and and, and been around had anything to do with it, or is it just you know you're all well, you're you know attractive looking woman? Why not show it off? Well, here's the thing. I spent a good bit of time in Germany when I was little. I lived there for six years, and you know, European culture. They're very comfortable with their bodies. They're very comfortable with their sexuality, and it's not—it's not something that judged or frowned upon in the way you know when when celebrities that aren't politicians, you know, say, uh, you know, an actress uh, pictures that she texted to her boyfriend are released online. I don't understand why they don't just say. 
yeah, that's me. I look great in that picture because, by the way, I took 10 before that picture and put it through a filter. And so now it looks amazing. And, <laughs> you know, I, what difference does it make? Like, I don't, I don't understand why people apologize and say, they, you know, they're so embarrassed or they, they sue. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want pictures posted of me, you know, that I've sent a loved one. But if somebody hacked my phone and that's what happened, you know, that, that somebody posted a picture, uh, you know, a personal picture, I, I just don't, like you said, there are pictures of me on the Internet, you know, stills from uh, Femme Fatale or a movie I've done. And it's the thing about being in a, in a naked on film is that it's the unsexiest position you can be in. You know, there's like 30 people watching. They say it's a close set, but then there's, you know, there just happens to be 10 sound guys that day or, you know, three PAs that, or shading from the public. Like, so it's not really sexy to be in that position. And you know what you're getting into going into it. And, you know, it, at this point, I'm, you know, in my 30s. I figure, hey, while I still have it, like, you know, why not, why not, why be ashamed to show it? You know, if it's something that I'm, you know, I'm enjoying doing and, and it, you know, I, I mean, I definitely have my limits, but it's not, it's not something that's really like, I don't think that women should be ashamed of their bodies. I don't think that sex should be so, you know, such a hot topic. Yeah, well, here, here. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, uh, I'm a big, I'm proponent of women being comfortable with their bodies and showing, showing everything. We, we, should, we know that's like you said in Europe and a lot of, a lot of places. It's it's kind of a norm. We're so uptight as Americans. I mean, not me personally, but you know. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. And I am also very comfortable with it too. Watching it, I'm topless right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, and, Are you well, and, sitting around naked? That's awesome. That's how we roll here. Uh, one I of the films is. It's that crazy uh, West Coast studio. That's how they do it. That's how we do it here on the West Side. Uh, one of the films where we do get to see a little bit more of you than usual is on the uh, Dukes of Hazard film. Um, and there's, there was a couple, and we, we do this a lot here on this show, and you know, we're, we just, we just kind of want to get to the bottom of uh, some of the rumors that were kind of popping around. You know, we heard, and please just kind of set the record straight, that there may have been a little fun with Sean William Scott and or Johnny Knoxville on the set. Can you kind of clear this up a little bit? Uh, between the two of them? I mean, what kind of fun are we <laughs> no. talking about here? <laughs> well, this, no, well you, know, I, you, know, you know how it is out on, on the, uh, the Twitter sphere and the Internet and everything else. I mean, there was rumors of you linked romantically to – Either Johnny Knoxville or Sean William Scott, or, or you know, or, I mean, it's even both at some point. You know, we're out there, so oh, we just want to no. know, you know, um, what what's the truth here? I Set the dated Sean. I dated Sean for um, you know for for the duration of filming and for I guess almost ten months afterwards. Um, Johnny was hilarious. What you see is exactly what you get. There was no romantic involvement with him whatsoever um i i think that you know i i believe I he was married at the time so i think that's that's yeah, the uh well, that's a good answer yeah <laughs> i mean i i wouldn't 
Johnny's not my type. I'm not like I, I love Johnny. I love people that are exactly who they are. What you see is what you get. But I, I'm not really into the bad boy. You know, it's not right. it's not really my thing. Um, I, it's too much drama. And you know, I, that was my first film, and I just kind you know I, I definitely wanted to stay away from the drama. And you know, Sean was a pretty quiet guy at the time, so. Um, but we we ended up dating, but you know it was nothing like overly fantastic or exciting mm. on you know newsworthy wise. I mean, I I'm surprised you even. Oh, sorry, Sean. <laughs> yeah, Sean. I'm, I'm, no, Sean, you kind of let us down there, Sean. Uh, no, I would have really taken advantage. It's not big gossip because we were both single at the time. It's not yeah. like you know it wasn't. It's it would it would it would have been gossip had it been Johnny. Is what I'm trying well, to say. Well, can you I can you kind of. Well, thanks you, for giving us no gossip. Will you kind of touch a little bit on the way that Jessica Simpson treated you on the set? We hear that she wasn't all that nice to you. Yeah, yeah speaking of, um, what is it, you know, being uh, what you see is what you get. You hear, you know, was she, yeah, we've heard, I've heard the rumor that she wasn't that nice. And also I want to know, um, you know, she gets a lot of grief for being ditzy, well, you know, to say it nicely. You know, I mean, was it real? Yeah. Or did you see, I mean, was she really just, you know, was um, You're breaking up a little bit, but let me see if I can answer the questions um, that you put to me. Um, Jessica was actually pretty nice to me when I first got there. Um, you know, she was going through some drama at the time in her personal life. You know, we're just very different people. We were raised very differently. You know, she comes from a family with money. You know, she she was – and as to her being ditzy, she's – she. I, I wouldn't say she's extremely educated or overly introspective or intelligent, but she's very – Street smart business wise, um, well, she knows and a lot more money than me. Yeah. Yeah, she. I mean, she's worth. I think something like a billion dollars, right? I mean, wow. she's she with her clothing line and perfumes and shoes, and you know, albums. She's catching and up to Oprah. Film, everything. Yeah. I think you know. I think she's she's she knows how to market herself. You know, I think that part of the ditziness was was an act. You know, the but. Some of it is very real, but she doesn't. I think you know she's she's very smart when it comes to you know how to promote yourself, how to how to make money. And I mean, wow, wouldn't that be great if we all yeah. had that quality? <laughs> we should pay. Yeah, you know, objectively, like, it's hard to call her dumb right there with that much money. I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, I'd like to think that I'm, you know, I. I an intelligent human being, but I haven't made a billion dollars like Jessica Simpson. So. <laughs> Damn, Jessica <laughs> Simpson, I'm smart at us all again. Yeah, she got it again. Well, but, and we know, are on the line right now. The the bank. We are on the we are on the line right now with Nikki Griffin, Femme Fatale. And what I recently learned, just to kind of change gears a little bit, just to kind of let you off the hook on that, um, was that you are now a contributor to Geek Magazine, and and just. Again, looking at the pictures of you, <laughs> I I have to ask, what could possibly make you qualified to write for Geek Magazine? 
Um, well, I started playing video games um, when I was very young, as you know, as long as I can remember. I had an Atari, a Nintendo, um, you know, grew up and got the PlayStation, and now I have an Xbox 360. You know, I, I, I played a lot of video games. I read comic books growing up. Um, I still read comic books. Um, I'm a big Joss Whedon fan. So all things Buffy and, you know... Oh, uh, stop being event. so sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I I played a lot with Legos, and I was I was a bit of a tomboy growing up. Um, I wasn't particularly athletic, but um, I was more... I, I loved to read. I love science fiction and horror. You know, I was obsessed with... Um, uh, with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies when I was younger. I, you know, I can remember seeing them when they came out. I read the books. Um, so I just kind of grew up with all of that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I met the the editor of the magazine and, you know, before it relaunched and I was just talking to them about what a fan I was of some of the, you know, of of some of the things that they were fans of. Um, and, you know, they mentioned it, they mentioned the magazine and they said, you're going to love it. And I said, well, I should write for it. And um, they gave me an, an assignment and uh, it made it into the magazine. So I, you know, and then I became a regular contributor. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I think you can answer that question is, you know, do geeks make good lovers? What do you think about that? I th- I I think so. I mean, I, you know, here's what what's happened. It's interesting what's happened because you know a lot of geeks. They're it's it's kind of split down the middle. They're the geeks who were total geeks in high school and didn't have the courage or the you know the balls to go and ask the girl out um, or talk to them about their similar interests. So now they're a bit bitter towards the women that, you know, they find attractive that are into the same thing they are. But it's just like, you know, you didn't talk to me. And let, let it just be said that in high school I was not I, – I was kind of a dork. Um, I, I mean, I had a mullet at one point. It was I, – I, there's pictures on my Instagram for proof. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wasn't – yeah, I wasn't – I was kind of an awkward kid, but – you know, I, I still I still was a girl, and I was still into that stuff. And, you know, nobody really talked to me about it. You know, they just assumed that I wasn't into it. So now there's, you know, I have a lot of male friends who think it's great, you know, and we, you know, we read comic books on, you know, uh, together. We go see movies together. Like, you know, we have lunch and talk about, you know, whatever, whatever movie is out, you know, Iron Man 3 or um, – stuff like that, and, you know, they think it's great. We talk about video games, play video games together. Um, So I think those people, the ones that ultimately being a good lover is about confidence. So, you know, that's the biggest thing that men lack, you know, is when they grew up being kind of ridiculed for their, their, their fandom is, you know, because they they didn't have confidence and they were picked on and they didn't you know so I just 
Well, and I, I, I think that that's a that's a that's a good answer, but it's the wrong answer. The correct answer is yes, geeks do make good lovers because they're so grateful. You know, <laughs> we are finally there. <laughs> it's finally right in front of us, and every once in a while, it's a pretty girl. Uh, we have a we have a Ooh. caller on the line right now. Um, okay. We're going to go ahead and bring her on. She has a question for us. Um, her name is I think it's uh, is it Carla from Houston? Let's go ahead and bring her on. Uh, Carla from Houston, can you hear us? Hi, yes, thank you for taking my call. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Carla. Hi, I have a question. Um, regarding Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, um, in the movie it appears that Han dies, but he shows up in the sequels in 4 and 5. Do you know why or how that happened? Or is it yeah, true the sequels that are three sequels. Prequel. Okay, so three really yeah, takes so, place in the yeah, future. It goes something. It goes something like this, and I might be wrong, but it goes um, one, two, four, five, six, three, six. and then seven. Um, oh, so okay. It ca- three. Three comes after six. So now this last film caught up with. The timeline. So now, right? Because now, Han in the current one, he's talking about going to Tokyo. <laughs> right. So now, in what are these the, fast and furious the guys one, doing? <laughs> I'm confused. Um, so this is like I am so confused. I have just let the geeks work it out. Carla and Nikki, you guys worked it out, and they're doing me no good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, and Carla, uh, uh, actually, uh, hold on real, real quick. Uh, Carla, stay on the line. We have a season two uh, Femme Patel's DVD set for you, uh, compliments of the Natty P Radio Happy Hour. So uh, stay on the line, and we'll get your oh, awesome. uh, information, okay? Thank you so oh. much. Thank you, Carla. Thanks for calling. Carla. All right. And we have another caller coming up. Yeah, we have another call. We have uh, Sam from New Jersey. All right. Hey Sam, you have a you have a question for Nikki? Oh my god, I got I got so many questions for Nikki. I love Nikki. Nikki, you're so freaking beautiful. Oh, thank you. Well, you what know, are your questions? I, was, I can't wait. I was listening to the interview and uh you know, you mentioned dating and I just want to know, is it true that you have a thing for little people? Uh, little people? Uh, yeah, I, I heard never that think you're, I heard a that little person. I heard that you had dated Kevin Connolly in the past, the guy for the Midgets Mount Entourage. Entourage. He's not that short, is he? Kevin, no, he's not that taller than me. Um, and uh, I, I dated him very briefly. Um, we are still good friends. Um, he's a great guy, but it, you know, we just, it, we were better off friends. Was he the guy with the? Was he the guy with the letter? He's, is he yeah. what? The guy with the letter that you read. <laughs> was it called? Oh, no, 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 no. That was that was in high school. Okay. Well, oh, okay. well it still sounds like between Kevin Connolly and Sean William Scott, you've dated about five foot nine worth of guy. Sean <laughs> <laughs> Sean is I think almost six foot. Oh, okay. No, that can't be. Well, with his boots on and you know, maybe. Well, I mean he's like like five ten, five eleven. I mean, he's not, he's not short. Can I just ask my second question, guys? Oh, I'm sorry, Sam. Oh, we forgot about Go ahead, Sam, over there. Well, you know, you you talked about Jessica Simpson. You talked about 
how she was nice to you at first, but you didn't really follow up after that. You said nice at first. What happened after that? Was she mean after a certain point to you? No, she was never mean to me at all. We just didn't we just didn't have anything in common and um you know, she it was it was an interesting time for her. There was a lot going on in the tabloids about her marriage and you know, I just chose to stay out of it. We we never had any scenes together. Um so the only time I saw her were was at cast dinners and she was very sweet. Um I just didn't, you know, I didn't hang out with her, and I didn't, you know, she didn't, she never made, like, an effort to hang out with me after the first Nikki, week Nikki, you can tell there. us. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the truth. I, like, I hung out with I her the first I was there. I, I, I heard that she was dating that Johnny Knoxville guy that whole time. Maybe that's why she was ignoring you. Um, I mm-hmm. did not know about that. Wow. Um, I, Do you see I, how these, uh, these, these rumors can start? I mean that's that's it. I know. I see all these rumors yeah, start. That's the yeah, end of I'm just glad Sam called to let us know about this. So and Sam, you also uh just got yourself a copy of Femme Fatale season two DVDs. We're gonna have to keep you on the line and get your information and get that over to you. Uh Nikki, um we did wanna just take this time to thank you again for um joining us today. Uh you guys can catch uh, catch Nikki on season two of Femme Fatales, available now on Amazon. And check out her geek chops on Geek Magazine at geekexchange.com. Nikki, thank you for being such a good sport. You answered all our questions, which we assume as honestly as you could. You know, uh, So thank you for coming <laughs> on with us. And oh, we forgot the oath again. Yes, we did forget the oath. So thank you again, Nikki. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Nikki. Right. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Nikki. All right, Rico, can you take us to a little break, and we'll come back. We're going to come back, and we're going to bring you the interview that everyone's been waiting for, Connor Jessup from Falling Skies. They're falling. All right, we'll listen to uh, some, another one from uh, Pretty Girls Make Graves, maybe. That's what I'm in the mood for today. Hold on. It works for me.
Bernie wants to Joe Lee Graves. We have coming up next, um, who do we have? Well, we're going to bring Connor Jessup out. We, Finally. Uh, we, we, I know everyone's waiting for this. We've had tweets, retweets, and untweets all about this all week. So without any further ado, Falling Skies phone. up about this guy. Yep. Well, and, and you're never going to believe where we, where we had to go look to find him. But the rising star from Falling Skies, Connor Jessup. You know him from the hit sci-fi show on TNT, Falling Skies, where he plays the alien-infused super son Ben Mason. He is... Connor Jessup. So thank you, Connor, uh, for joining us again. I am Marquis, and again, this is Grimshay. And Grimshay, you had something that you wanted to ask him just kind of right off the bat, right? Connor, I understand you're talking to us from Japan right now. Yeah, I'm in, uh, at the moment, I'm in Tokyo, but I've been living in uh, uh, just outside of Kyoto in, in, in Kansai region for the last couple months. I think that's kind of what I wanted to know, and more to the point. Why? What's going on? <laughs> uh, nothing really. I, I I love Japan. I love Japan with a with a with an unhealthy passion. And uh, we shoot the season from September roughly till the new year. And this year was my first year out of uh, uh, out of school officially. So I decided to treat it like a gap year and do some traveling. So I've been traveling for most of the year since we wrapped. On season three, and the last three months of that traveling has been uh, settling down a little bit here in in Japan. Oh, it sounds like a dream. I mean, as as I I came across doing research, uh, a YouTube video of your co-star who plays your brother, uh, Drew Roy, I believe. Yes. Talking about working in a rice paddy with you. <laughs> Please talk about that. <laughs> I've yes, never yeah. had a chance to ask anyone about this. What and is that? It is it is just as weird as aliens coming over and taking over the earth. But so please explain this. It is, but a little bit more comfortable. Um <laughs> no, it, the I have a friend who is an Austrian pianist who's been a brilliant Austrian pianist and he's been playing and living in Japan for almost 50 years now, and he has a rice farm in this little tiny town that's about an hour northwest of uh, Kyoto. So I managed to finagle myself an invite, so I've kind of been um, staying with him, and part of the deal for room and board is uh, helping him on his uh, assorted uh, fields, some of which are rice paddies. Oh my God! Oh, what what else does he have growing there? Well, he's he's not really a farmer. He's still a pianist, so he's not as hardcore as some of the other guys. But he he has some vegetable, some fairly extensive vegetable gardens as well as five five rice paddies. Not to mention a, a, a sufficiently large property that needs to be somewhat maintained. So you basically fly off to the States once a year, you do the show Falling Skies, and then you're back to Japan. Is that, has that been your life the last couple of years? <laughs> Not even. We don't, we, I'm from Canada. Uh-huh. So my Does the show film is, there? And the show, luckily for me, the show also films there. I'm oh, from Toronto, but the show, the show films in, in Vancouver. So I don't even have to go to the States. I can avoid it altogether if I Lucky so want. Lucky you. Uh, um, blessing, but I, I usually do end up there a few times either. Excellent, excellent. Falling Skies is the show that I believe that the Sci-Fi channels, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel wishes that they had. 
Um, how did you get involved? How did you get involved with that project? And I, I looked at your uh, resume, you know, and you were, you know, it, I didn't see a lot of sci-fi there, and here you are on this, you know, probably the most successful, you know, sci-fi series on TV right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get involved with that project? Well, I've, I'm 19 now, but I've been working on the show since I was 15, so it's been a fairly hefty um, chunk of my life. And at that time, I was uh, going to school, living in Toronto. Um, I'd done, you know, a series here, a few small things. I, it was nothing significant. And when you're in Toronto, Toronto is it's, it's a nice city, but for the acting business, it's fairly provincial. Um, it, you get some a lot of mediocre auditions <laughs> and this one came across for the pilot and at the time it wasn't called Falling Skies it was called um, the Untitled Steven Spielberg Alien Invasion pilot. <laughs> Sounds great Which is a way, that, but that when, you're, when, you. when you're a 15 year old actor in Toronto who grew up on movies um, like E.T. and Close Encounters and Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park and Jaws Anything with Steven Spielberg's name attached to it instantly has a sort of a, a shine. Mm-hmm. So that was, and I think most of my uh, colleagues will say the same thing. That, that was the initial uh, draw. Not to mention it was work. You know, when you're an actor and you're uh, just getting started, any work is good work. And I just got lucky enough that the work that I happened to get was work that I can also <laughs> be proud of. Absolutely. Oh. That's a that's a blessing. It really is. We all live in the states now. We're we're all suffering here as, as far as we're going. Um, I I can say that um, I can say that watching. Uh, I am actually a fan of the show. I do watch the show, and oh, thank you. One of the things that I have noticed, um, and you're going to love this part, is that I have noticed your particular evolution as a bona fide action star, and I think it's very impressive. Can, can you? Uh, and maybe maybe working in the rice paddies has something to do with it. But can you walk us through the process physically and mentally as you transition into this? I don't know, alien hybrid badass. Sure, if you want, it's 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 a it's an awkward one. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, That's good radio. When I was, Go ahead. When I was a kid, I um. I was extremely unathletic. Uh, I was not just normally unathletic. I was, you know, I'm, I'm from Canada, and in Canada, hockey is sort of, you know, religion. Yeah. Um, and I, I never, I tried to play hockey, playing hockey, and I was very bad. You know, I was, I was that kid who, when he was on the soccer team in gym class, the, the other kids would tell him to stay back by the net and not touch the ball because... Cool. Every time my foot touched it, it would go backwards. Um, <laughs> You're really bad so, at that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I, which is not apparently I've been told not what's supposed to happen. Um, so I'm just setting the stage for my lack of grace and general uh-huh. physical uh, ability. <laughs> and so season one was fine. It coincided with that. I I, I, oh, I was yeah. a civilian. I had conversations with my parents and my brothers and stuff, and not much more than that. And so going into season two, it was a few weeks before we were about to go back to camera, and I just expected it would be more of the same. I hadn't heard any anything to the contrary. Uh, I get a phone call from our, our producer, director, kind of all-around uh, executive. He's a good man, and he said, but at this point, I don't really know him very well. 
And he says, uh, so, Connor, how's your summer? Good, good, good. Well, you're going to be an action hero this year. Get by. Yes. Bye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And that was pretty much – I'm, I'm slightly exaggerating it, but that was, <laughs> that was the extent of the phone call. Um, wow. And so I didn't really have any context for it. And it's, it's hard. It's damn hard. I always thought it was, you know, I always thought it was easier than it looked because the people who do it for a living make it look easy. It's like anybody. Absolutely. It's like golfers. Absolutely. They make it look easy. Um, and then you do it. And not only is it hard to do whatever stunt or – piece of action you have to do, but to stay in character while you do it and uh, have scenes while you do it, it's, it's, it's no joke. And in the opening of season two, I have a scene where I jump out of a window and in one uh-huh. shot run and stab a skitter in the mouth, which was also my first action scene I'd ever done. And they kept, we had to do it over and over again because I kept holding onto the wire that was dropping me because I was afraid I was going to die. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, and what, the way the mechanism works, you, you drop, drop, drop at full speed, and then they only stop you about a few feet from the ground. So you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. So in the end, I couldn't stop. So they had to remove the wires and visual effects and paint a digital knife into my hands to make it look like I was holding a knife and not a wire. <laughs> so I, my, so my, any sort of aptitude I look like I might have is about 70% uh, due to computer programmers in visual effects. Absolutely, absolutely. And and as we're as we're kind of going over this, um, I, I have this 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 kind of vision of of you getting that phone call from your producer, from your writer, from your director, <laughs> and then you just basically renting every Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris movie you could possibly get your hands on to figure out how to do this and. You pull it off. I mean, even the way that you're handling the rifle and the way that you're kind of scoping people, and I'm, it, I'm pretending like I know what those words are, but you know, you you really do pull it off, and I just, it, it was it was really a, a impressive feat. Um, I have not seen the season finale yet. It's 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 on the TiVo list, but I did want to talk about the last episode that I did see, and it was the one titled "Strange Brew." I'm sure you're aware of that one, and. Um, in the this is what I, I I heard is called a nutshell episode, which is a, a slight narrative departure from the larger story arc, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to highlight or explore certain themes more closely. And in this case, I thought that the themes that that episode explored were, you know, um, the, the lines of defiance in the face of fear, you know, um, paranoia. You know, you were going into Tom Mason's mind on that one. Um, what other issues do you think that this show explores overall? The show, the episode in particular, or the show? No, the whole, the whole show. You know. Yeah, I've, there's there's a few. The, the one that I think is probably most salient, especially in this in this most recent season, is the idea, and it has different uh, manifestations and different characters. Um, is the question. Of how how far are we willing to go? How much are we willing to give up? And in, this is a, this is an extreme example, but you know you 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 encounter that all the time in your life when you, mm-hmm. a goal shows itself to you or an end appears before you, and you have to ask yourself how far you're willing to go to achieve it. And for example, to to make myself more clear, um, with Matt, my younger brother, 
who now is fighting and you know he's he's very young still he's barely a teenager if that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's fighting on the front lines he has a rifle he could theoretically die at any moment in a in a battle as we as we all could as you all so we've made the choice with him to that his innocence in his childhood it's worth perhaps sacrificing that in order to gain some sort of advantage. The same thing with my spikes. There's an episode where I um, I decide to keep them and perhaps keep the uh, health consequences that they bring in exchange for the powers that they bestow on me. Right. Same sort of the same sort of idea. And I've always found that uh, balance, that give or take, that personal versus greater good to be to be interesting and it's it's we've been trying we're, we're trying to rebuild charleston trying to rebuild right. a, an image or mirage of what life was like before um and uh, seeing how out of balance the world really is one of the ways that i um that i see that happening is when you're watching a scene and you're in charleston and you're kind of looking around and the the walls have like the sheetrock and then all of a sudden there's like the the painting of the signing of the Declaration of Independence is right there, and you know, so you can see that these are a this is a small group of people that are just trying to hang on to any, you know, uh, any piece of their past, you know, so much yeah. that you know they've actually taken the time to care for these, you know, incredible works of art in such, you know, dire, you know, um, in, su- in such a dire situation. You know, I would think leave the paintings. Get you know, grab your son and wife and get the heck out of there, you know. But it's a it's a welcome relief on there. So um, I I see where you're going with this. I wanted to kind of point out something else that I've noticed as and, and again remember I am a fan of the show. One of the things that I that I notice is that you know, let, let's just be honest here, Connor. You're a good looking guy in what I predict to be a, the beginning of a. It's gonna you are at the beginning. And this is this is a compliment of a very successful career. If you keep working in those rice patties, you're going to be big time. And I think that you got the looks, the skills to build a very successful Hollywood career as a, as a Hollywood star. But watching the show, and I'm looking at the collection of gorgeous women, and we're talking about Sarah Carter, uh, Seychelles, uh, and uh, and especially you know Jesse. Um, how do you keep things strictly business on that set? I mean, the girls <laughs> are just—they are gorgeous. I mean, uh, it, moon, it's sort of unfair, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah, it's 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 not too bad. The, thankfully, everybody is very uh, beyond good. being being so sort of uh, sickly good looking. Everyone is also uh, very intelligent and. Uh, huh. Mm-hmm. Personable and because you know when when you're when you're working with someone and you're all living in a different city, it, yes, matters whether or not they're good. But what actually matters to you is whether or not they're uh, nice and interesting because that's what is most directly affecting your life. And they're all nice and interesting as well as being good. Um, so you know they have a little bit more than just uh, than just uh, excessive good looks. And I know that doesn't really answer your question, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and dodge your question. Um, well think, done. No, I think you definitely does. should. <laughs> yeah, again, great phrase. <laughs> but the answer, the answer is, you know, it's, it's actually a very bad idea That's in what any I workplace, I, I'd imagine, but uh-huh. especially in 
in TV to do anything like that on 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 a shoot because well, if it's a movie you work together for you know, four weeks two months and then you uh, part ways on TV you work together for six months and then come back every year and oftentimes have to you know there's lots of stories of people and I know people personally who have been in had little 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 flings and <laughs> then it ended messily and they had to keep pretending to either date or hate or interact with that person in some way and it's always always extremely awkward. Well, that is that is definitely handled there, Connor. I have I to hand it to you because you are on the record of saying nothing more than it's a bad idea. Let's move on. Well played. Well played. And can bad you idea. can you give us a little bit of um well I have one more very, very general question for you. You know, what can we expect? We we know that season four has been picked up. We know that you're going to be heading back to Canada. And, you know, what what have the writers told you? You know, what can you share with us and with our listeners as far as what to expect from Falling Skies here in season four? Unfortunately, um, very little. I, uh, at this point, with the exception of a few uh, things, I know not much more than anybody who's seen mm. The season three finale. Um, not me. Not yet. You know, you've gathered a few in terms of anything really. And we go back to camera for a month. By then, hopefully, uh, I'll sit down or have a conversation with a and they'll give us a rundown of our general um, yeah, well, judging by uh, what you've heard on the phone messages from your agent before, you have no idea what you're walking into. That's what it sounds like, exactly. Action hero last year, lover this year, who can say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe finally we see some action there on that. Um, all, all, in, all our uh-huh. writers are uh, the guards, so I have even less of an idea of what to expect. It seems like, you know, on the show, your your older brother seems to get the story arcs that involved all the romance and things like that. He seems to go through it quite often, and it seems yes. to always get him in a lot of trouble. You know, can, can yes, we expect we have, something like that for you? Well, well, I have I have a lot of laughs at, at Drew's expense because <laughs> – or perhaps at my expense because every every guest star and background character on our show seems to fall for him almost instantly. Um which, you know, is both a blessing and a curse <laughs> in terms of storyline. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a little romance. Who would? I, I would be crazy to say, to say otherwise. But on the other hand, I'm perfectly, perfectly content with uh, with the old bang, bang, shoot, shoot. And, and you mean weapons, right? Like guns in that case, right? I, I added the shoot, shoot in there as soon as I said that. I figured it might be a bit ambiguous. Smart, 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 smart. Uh, yeah. um, in, my, uh, in, my, in my humble opinion, and remember, I am a fan of the show, there are two, things, there are two things that took Falling Skies from good to great. And you guys, are, you guys are, are reaching great levels here. The first we covered, and I think it's your, you specifically, your performance as an action star. You have blossomed, you have grown, and it's, and it's been fun to watch. The other one... Take and, a bow, Connor. Please take a bow for that. 
The people love it. Wow. The people love it. Those, those the, people, but they quieted very quickly. So they have a good stage manager. Yes. Well, I gave them a look. Yes, we did. We we have a lot of power here in the <laughs> states. The the second I feel was the introduction of the Vaughn species and Cochise, who is played by a friend of the show, Doug Jones, who is oh, actually going to Doug. He's actually going to be on the same show you're going to be on. And what I wanted to ask you, you know, we're going to be talking to him technically before we're talking to you, but after today, because um, we are recording this. Um, but we are going to be talking to Doug Jones, and as a friend of the show, um, what what should I ask him? What did you want to know about Doug Jones? Watching him walking around in that mask and in those funny hands and in those big eyes, what can I ask Doug Jones for you? Or does he really look like that? <laughs> I don't think he looks like that. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. That's, that's I don't have a stock answer to that one at all. Um, <laughs> no. Oh God. Well, a I'll to buy myself some time. I'll say that Doug is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, the fact that we added Doug to our show is makes me so happy. Um, he he's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person, and the strangest most hilarious person I've ever met. Um, uh, I suppose a, a question that he'll understand if you ask it, you probably won't, but he'll, he'll get it if you say it came from me. Um, he, he, he's, he's somewhat, what's the word? Uh, um, flamboyant in a very <laughs> friendly way. Um, okay. and, and not, in, not in a, not in a gay way, but in a very friendly way. Uh-huh. Um, and he, every time he sees me, for some reason, he he treats me like I'm a little uh, uh, like a little puppy or something. He says, "Can I cup?" <laughs> and then cups my face. What? <laughs> yes. So, oh, trust me. There's weir- weirder things happen on the cell phone <laughs> guys, than this. This is just a, this is a, this is a taste of the strangeness. So this, this, we'll see how it goes over. But if you ask. And by, I promise you, this is not a prank. If you ask Doug, Connor says, or Connor asks, "Can I cup?" I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll get it. Okay, all right. That is going to be our. That'll probably be our first question with Doug as we speak to him uh, before we're talking to you, but actually technically tomorrow. Um, so, just really, um, Connor, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. You were. Um, Many times when we're talking to you, you know, movie stars, TV stars, um, sometimes you get what you expect, and it's it's a relief when somebody is um, smart, articulate, and kind of ready to take on the world. We think you got it. Um, we're looking forward to your career. Um, thank you for joining us again. This is Connor Jessup, star, um, action star. Falling Skies, TNT, it's coming back on season four. Connor, thank you for joining us again. We really appreciate it. Take care. Bless you, thank Connor. You. Fun and if you keep saying that here. action star part, it, it just might come true, and I'll believe it. <laughs> we will, we'll see you in Die Hard 8, okay? Take care, Connor. Thank you. We're trying I'm to looking land forward to it for you. All right. Bye-bye. Ah, sounds like a smart kid. Ah. Yeah, it doesn't seem to. He's good, good. up and coming, man. I think we'll see more of him. Yeah, uh, we were actually talking about that, and um, just the way that he, and this is not supposed to sound sexual, but it probably will, the way that he handles a gun on the show, I'm like, this guy's got some tactical training, and, you know, like, he's 19, he's a good-looking kid, 
he just has the world in front of him, and it, you know, it's just it was a it was a really good time talking to him. So we want to thank uh, thank Connor again. Does for he do the little that. Does he do a little spin like RoboCop before he puts the gun away? <laughs> no, no, you know, but you know how like like when like someone's like clocking, you know, he's he, he's got to have room to grow into it. Yeah, I mean, you, he he still has some, you know. Oh, so he's he's growing. So he's not he's 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 growing half. Yeah. Marky just really needs one episode of Femme Fatales and one episode of Falling Skies. He's good for the I'm night. good. I'm good. And we had them all here. We're 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 bringing it all to you on Matty P Radio. Yeah. Oh, was, what what else here. are we going to bring for the people on Matty P Radio? I don't know. Today? Well, yeah. let's, we know what's the well. What's I, I know. I love the people love to hear the news because they love hearing Rita. <laughs> Rita, you here with us today? Uh, well, I'm but, here, guys. I oh, I feel terribly underinformed. Well, where's the music? Music, music. Right, so let's. Yeah, yeah, we just know. Hey, hey, Rita, honey, why don't you t- tell me how the fu- fuck is your news this week? Sweet tits. Hey, how's your news? Would you like to sing a tune? Would you like to chase your blues? Away. Put on your dancing shoes and tell me how's your news. Come on, let's get drunk with Maddie P. Enrico. Enrico and Marquis and, and Grimshaw. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Not news until I hear Shawnee breathing. <laughs> oh. What, oh, that's just mean. It's like he's pretty <laughs> I hear over. the breathing. <laughs> well, I have some movie news. Um, I guess you guys might be fans of The Expendables. I um, have a little bit of news I read recently on the Internet regarding The Expendables 3. Supposedly, Bruce Willis is being replaced by Harrison Ford. Did you hear this? Wow. I actually well, just heard this earlier today. Is What's going on? Well, because... Sylvester Stallone took to Twitter, of all places, and he typed, Greedy and Lazy, a short formula for career failure. Then he wrote, Willis out, Harrison Ford in. Great news. Been waiting years for this. I wonder what that's I definitely have to say that, um, you know, Sly has done pretty well for himself, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. call uh, anything Bruce Willis has done career failure. That guy's uh, (laughs) (laughs) a pretty decent Stop ten years I'm sure ago. he does. It's well, that's what I'm trying yeah. to figure out. If maybe Willis wanted a little bit more money and Sylvester didn't want to give it to him. I mean, what else? What other reason? I, uh, I actually I, I didn't know. even know they had bad blood. The first time, like Rita, this is the first time I've been listening to this show for a long time. I am one of the millions that listen to this show, and I think <laughs> I actually have a little bit more information about this particular oh, thing. Oh, please he, give. He wanted a million dollars a day. On <gasps> a day, a day. Wow. So whatever his part was going to be, you know, you better get it done pretty fucking quick. You know, mm-hmm. that. So yeah. that's what that's, that's what Bruce Willis wanted. I guess that is. Really you know amazing. what? That that I have to say that is that is kind of kind of that's ego and that's kind of greed there because movies yeah. like that, you know, like the like the oceans. Uh, you know, they they took they they did the remake. Oceans and, and, eleven, and, twelve, and, thirteen. Yeah, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It, it's that kind of movie where. It's um or even like uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it like 
you know, uh, New York, I Love You. That was a that was a remake of a you know kind of artsy French movie, but you know that people who are in it want to be in it, and they they make sacrifices mm-hmm. because of either you know just it's going to be artsy or or it's because it's a remake of kind of like you know a classic or iconic movie. And Expendables is just that kind of I think any yeah, of us that were into that kind of action stuff, you get that feeling like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, if Rambo teamed up with, you know, like, I mean, you get this stuff, Aww. you know, where it's, with, you know, with, with um... It fucking writes with, itself, uh, is what it is, you know? That, you know yeah, that I mean, it's like, like, yeah, we we don't care what the plot is, we just want to see shit blow up, and then, and then you see the the second one, you know, Chuck, uh, Chuck Norris is in it, it's like, you know, that, that's what does it to me, it's like a throwback to when I was younger and watched all those crazy you want it all yeah, you know, because I... But I do mean, you think um, Harrison Ford is a good replacement? No, I think they well, could I have mean, done a lot as well as character, period. Yeah. And he was... I liked his little cameo in the first one. The second one, you know, he gave you more than you wanted for a cameo, but less than you wanted for a role. So they just should have dropped him. He's He is a great action hero, but he's also done a billion other things. And, you know, and to to kind of defend him a little bit uh you know i don't think that he made a lot of money like on say pulp fiction right you know so i think you know i think it's just this is just kind of one of those films and he's going to sit there and go look i'm not going to get off the couch unless you give me a million well you know what i tell you what it is that planet hollywood money's not coming anymore there is no planet hollywood exactly what else you got for us rita well, in other uh, movie news that's on the rumor mill, um, I know a caller called in earlier regarding Fast and Furious. Um, there's already rumors about the cast of Fast and Furious 7, and supposedly Ronda Rousey is in negotiations to join the cast. Wow. wow. She owes Well, they already up, uh, had Gina Carano in the last one, it, well, in uh, 5, right? Yeah. But yeah. that would be uh, Sorry, 6. No, 6. Okay. Well, I'm like I didn't, I didn't get to see six yet. You know, yeah, I have yet to I see any of them. Wait a minute! Didn't seven just come out? No, but seven is really no, three. no. Six we learned. Six came out. Seven is being talked about, but yeah, <laughs> and three is supposed to be before seven. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute. Wait, no, no. no seven is before three. <laughs> seven is before three, and then you have the three. Rock is in four, five, six. No, the Rock is in five and six. And probably seven. Five and know. six, and probably seven, which doesn't come out. Wait a minute, which one was Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> was Mark Wahlberg in one? No. Oh, it's no. Not. it must be one of the future ones. And that was... Now that's how you get a rumor started, people. Oh, Jesus. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's how you get a rumor started. Seven, eight. Yeah. Okay, what else you got? What else you got? Okay, well, I know this past week has been Sturgis week up in South Dakota, and the news coming out of South Dakota is that Evil Knievel's son, Robbie Knievel, was arrested recently for DUI on his motorcycle, you ask? No, on his motorhome. Driving his motorhome, he was uh, allegedly drunk, crashed into other motorhomes, ripped off like a rear view, a side view mirror, drove away, and the cops and got out of the RV and took a bow. <laughs> <laughs> Failed the field wow. sobriety test. Um, All of this over the Grand Canyon. His blood alcohol level was a point two two eight. He got a, a suspended license and a six hundred dollars fine. Then he did an interview following the arrest, oh. saying, "I'm an alcoholic. I'm a cowboy. I'm not a redneck, but I love whiskey." <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> well, he's they a, cut him off before the chorus. Huh? <laughs> he's a man after my own heart. He's Hank Williams. Is that's kind of who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's well, amazing. That's, I guess that's the big news out of Sturgis this week. Um, yeah. In other news, TMZ caught up with Hulk Hogan. I guess going into an airport, and they asked him if there was to be a biopic being made on his life story, and he said that they're already working on it right now. So I don't know if that's true or not. He didn't really elaborate too much into it, but he said supposedly Nick would be perfect to play the Hulk. Out of everybody, Nick, his son? Oh, well, yeah, he's just trying to put him over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Keep we'll that money what flowing in the family. Yeah, right? I don't see why he can't play himself at this point. I know. He 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 hasn't aged. You just need a little Who pancake makeup. Like and... mm. Oh, yeah. no. you got to see him lately. He has aged. Oh, he has? Well, well I guess I haven't seen him. Well, that Oh, that spray tan? Mm. Mm. No, he has a real tan. I think he's a real tan. Oh, wow. He's made out yeah, of well, He does la- live in uh, Florida still, right? And he's Florida. probably out in the sun all yeah. the time. Yeah, he's probably. Mm. Yeah. And he's homeless, so I guess I- that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, a little, little what more do you mean homeless? Well, he's uh, getting his wife take all his money? Yeah, but he has that right. other house, the beach house that I think Oh, okay. Well, thank God. Okay. Yeah, him and Bubba and... I <laughs> sleep better now. His uh, wife. What's his name? The nasty boy's... Uh, what's his name? Rick Flair. Rick Flair. No, he doesn't hang out with Rick Flair. Oh. Well, well you said the nasty Brian Nobbs. Brian Nobbs. Yeah, but yeah, right? Brian Nobbs is his... Uh, that does. His buddy. Yeah, that that yeah. Bubba loves sponge. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And he does have a new wife. We'll have to get him on so he could clear up the, this any news about this biopic being made. And really, I, that's all the news I have besides um, Jack Osborne is expecting another baby with his wife. Did you know he already had one? No. No, I didn't know he had one. <laughs> he has a you one-year-old know, uh, daughter. I heard I, the last I heard about him, he was diagnosed with a uh, some mental condition or MS or Osborne. something like that. Well, um, either, either way, yeah, I'm glad he he's having something. kids. And, you know, uh, his, yeah. uh, what's his sister's name? Kelly. What's, what's the other? Kelly. I, she, she's on this uh, Joan Rivers show where it's like her Actually. and then it's Joan. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> weren't you the, you know. The goth little girl that you know couldn't dress for. Sh- I mean, how, why is she on the fashion police? I mean, it, well, she turned herself around. She was. She was. She was goth, and she you know had a look, and you know, and she uh, you know she um, trimmed down a little bit. She was you know she was starting to get a little uh, heavier because Sharon yeah, he did. not not heavy, and Ozzy's never heavy, and mm-hmm. uh, her and Jack were. Um, well, Sharon you know, admitted to surgery, so. Sharon admitted yeah. to surgeries. Jack lost the weight naturally by, I think he got into Muay Thai for a while. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I saw pictures of him. He looked totally different. Well, Kelly wow. lost the weight naturally, too, and she went on Dancing with the Stars and kept the weight off. Well, and apparently, from what I heard, uh, Ozzy himself at uh, at the Black Sabbath reunion was not just coherent, but he he could walk around the stage and everything. So it sounds like he's doing a lot better than the last time. <laughs> I heard that wow. they actually, scientists actually studied him because he was such, you know, a raging, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, drug user and everything, you know, back in his uh, heyday and uh, is, you know, and now is, yeah, for the amount of, uh, you know, toxic chemicals that man has put in his body, he's doing pretty damn well. 
Uh, I guess they should work their way up to Keith Richards. I mean, that guy is still kicking, like, mm, you And know. he's older, right? He's, he's older. older. I thought he was a zombie. I think <laughs> Keith Richards <laughs> might like be the only real yeah. zombie. Well, I think Ozzy Osbourne actually smoked some Keith Richards once. <laughs> he might have put himself <laughs> up at the top of the pile. Jesus, that's awesome. Well, uh, that was some Rita Farbulous news. Um, it was... Wasn't it? It was. Uh, we are going to now get into a little segment called What's Going to Happen Next on Breaking Bad. Oh, can we really? Yeah, so That's Rita, thank you right for hopping on. Um, we'll catch up with you next week. Rita, thanks. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thank you, right. Rita. Great thanks, news. Rita. All right, so as we all know, and as what our uh, beautiful guest, Laura, Laura Fraser told us all about this Sunday. This is it, guys. This is season three, season uh, five, I mean, season five finale, part two. part two. I'm so lost. <laughs> uh, Breaking Bad is starting up this Sunday, um, and I just want to know. I just want. I just kind of want to do a little roundtable here. Uh, Rico, what are you expecting out of the next season, and how do you think it'll all end? You know, I really haven't given enough thought to how it's going to end. Yeah. You know, you, you you see it; it's building and building, and I believe that they're building um, Walter White up so much that he has to fall. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know that, you know. That, I mean, that, that's the one thing that seems to me is, is you know the uh, just you know he the way he transformed himself throughout this thing, the way the character grew. That I think that just just you know it. it there's no way for it not to him not to fall. I think if they're going to cl- you know going to close it, I mean that's going to be the end of his story, whether they show it or not. So I think they they kind of have to show it to to do uh, to do the, the series justice. Well, that that almost seems like too easy though. I mean they've they've got to be expecting us to think that he's he's sleeping yeah, in a bed yeah, well, with a woman who wants to kill him. He's still waiting for cancer to come back. Which, he's got nothing but professional enemies. Yeah. I mean, he actually seems like he's more fucked now than at the beginning of the series. Yeah. So it just seems so easy that I I have a feeling. I mean, he's got to die eventually. We all do. But I don't think you we're going to see it on the show. I think we're going to see him know. lose his I, empire I, I, and lose everything. Or just walk away and from be it? St- no, I don't think I think we're going to see it get torn away from him. By whom? I don't think that person. Well, no, that's well maybe we just interviewed yeah, it, could, it could be Hank. Well, could, yeah, there's a there's a real good chance of that. We've been waiting for Hank to just to uh, walk through and screw the whole thing up. I, I have been talking about this. Credit. I, I have been talking about this show like basically since uh, since he shaved his head, or since the cancer took his hair, whatever. Uh, is that this whole this whole show could be the next Superman movie if you focused on Lex Luthor? Yep. You know, he gets. You know, by some chemical or some disease or some accident, and he, but he's a genius, you know, and he, he ends up losing his hair, and he ends up just turning evil, you know. So this, you know, this always kind of had like a comic book kind of thing to it. And we saw, we even saw Two-Face in this when... Uh, oh, yeah, when they blew uh, Gus. When they blew Gus all to hell, you know, you, you, you know, for a second there, you see the Two-Face character. And he was Two-Face through the whole series, you know, Gus was. He, yeah. he was the... The chicken restaurant yeah, the owner. He was the tour. Yeah, right. The, and then he was the evil guy. So this has always been like a a comic book show to me. That's how I've always seen it. And of course, this is you know coming from the perspective of of the resident geek here. But 
Um, and I think that it yeah, never. Yeah, I think it's funny how we we we. Um, yeah. I look. At I think it never different, different light. I think it never ends. You know, it never ends well for them. You know, and um, I am on the side that I, I do think it's going to be a very, a very, you know, obviously dramatic, but just tragic. You know, end. And I think you know, basically, the whole house just comes crashing down on the, on these guys. Um, and I, I agree. Well, I think it's he's made it so clear, Walter White, that what he cares about now is his empire. Yeah. The excuse to get into it was his family and his disease and his failed, you know, scientific aspirations. But at this point, he's made it more than clear. He just cares about building up his empire. So I think if we want to watch him suffer, and deep down, we all kind of do at this point. Yeah. They're just going to take that away from them. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the very end, or at least it's uh, like uh, at the beginning of last season when he showed up you know, with his hair, mm-hmm. bought the bought the big gun. Spoiler alerts, by the way. I think that, That's not a spoiler. That already happened. I think that, yeah, he's going back to try yeah. his one last-ditch effort to get his empire back. And, and since and we, and since we have, um, you know, this is our, you know, opportunity here to be heard by, you know— <laughs> Thousands and thousands of people right now. Um, and let, let me just kind of be the first one to say, this show, yes, it's filmed in Albuquerque. It takes place in Albuquerque. But when you're watching it on you – know, both Grimm and I are both from that city. You know, we mm-hmm. – you know, that very last scene where he opens up the trunk, well, it's the first scene from this – from this last season, you know, point A or, you know – before he dies in Tokyo Drift. Yeah, and and when he opens up that trunk, he's he comes out of the Denny's that's right by the university, mm-hmm. right on right off the of central, right where I used to go and drink coffee and you know eat scrambled eggs. You, that whole series is like this, but it's it's not just about the locale; it's actually the atmosphere and the feeling of that show. It is Albuquerque, you know, and it's a, it's been an exceptional uh, experience for. For me, and I think Grim here. Oh yeah, yeah. To to watch this show because it it just captures it. This is where we came from. These are the people we knew. You know, it's 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 there. And I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if uh, Vince Gillian, who was he's the creator of uh, of uh, Breaking Bad. I don't know where he got the chops to, you know, to pick to pick up that atmosphere of Albuquerque so well. It's like that extra character is the city itself. And I don't think that any other city could really do that, you know, uh, not I imagine they in could, a, but... in a new way, you know, like the way that this particular show does. So, you know, my hat's off to all those guys. And, um, do you have any parties going on for, uh, uh breaking bad premiere? I, I don't have any, any parties going any on. Any big plans? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on my couch and watch it. Rico, that that's all. Yeah, that's my big plan. I, too too yeah. big of people. You get the people that don't shut up. They <laughs> yeah. ask what's going on the whole time. Like just shut up and watch. Just shut up and watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a roommate that I won't allow in the room. Yeah, yeah you're right. Exactly. You're right. Well, and, you know, uh, I I have watched most of this show like yeah by myself, and uh, you know you're you just get to kind of fall all into it like that. So I may do the same thing. I'm going to watch this show by myself and just, uh, yeah. I don't know, chew on my nails, whatever. Yeah. I think yeah. it's even uh, opposite some preseason NFL. Oh, nobody cares Sunday, about and I don't oh, give a damn. See, that is even when it comes to the regular wrong. season, I won't care. <laughs> no one cares about that. Yeah. Not not right now. Yeah. As a, let me think. On the East Coast, are you guys spared that problem? So I know on the West Coast um, it starts right in the middle of right during halftime of Sunday night football. Like 
No, religion. yeah, it's it's um they air it. I don't even know what time they air it. I'll find I'll I'll find out. But but no, they they do the same thing to us because you know the because uh, the uh, our late games are usually right in the uh, the middle of that. So I know living uh, living in the, the West Coast for a little while and and then back here it's it's a very it's a different football experience. There's a lot of a lot of great fans I know out here, and there's a lot of great fans uh, on the West Coast. But it's a little different when uh, you know I've had roommates out there where it's ten o'clock in the morning and they are up and they are drinking and they are yeah. partying yeah. and they are excited because it's football. Yeah. And you know, and I'm like, really? It's ten o'clock in the morning. Like we need. That's to how I have to do it. You know, and and that was a different experience for me to um you know then then one o'clock so you know you can go out you can you can even be a little hungover and you know kind of yeah there's you know, well, you can but get something you, done you can sleep in, in a little morning. bit and before in this, you uh you know in this day and age though man we you know the only like we don't have to suffer you know everything's on tivo everything is going to be replayed every you know it's it's a wonderful time to be a TV watcher, you know. The it only is thing true, you, but I will say when it comes games, you can't to do professional that. sports, I agree. I was about yeah. to say. you can't do yeah. that because no matter how hard you try, someone will fucking call you or text here, you. You walk into the supermarket, you walk, whatever, and somebody's told you know somebody ruined. I'm the type of person that. It's the text you know, messages. Yeah, people like, just go or, or uh, social media. RG3 just yeah. did this you know, or that. Oh, man. You know, Facebook, yeah, you it's can like, watch a whole know, game on Facebook if you want. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, you know, yeah. And you I'm the type of person, I don't know about you guys, that if I know, oh, this is the big play to win the game, and, you yep. know, and with, oh, with, so with five seconds left, and so, and so that ruined the whole game for me. Yeah. Because now I don't need to watch the, you know, the uh, fifty nine minutes and and you know and whatever seconds of the on the Most clock because you know it all comes down to that last thirty seconds and you just you just gave you know you just totally spoiled it for me and so that you know that's my you know and I enjoy the game but I, it's like with that, if I watch fights too you know I mean I know everybody who who listens to the show knows that that uh, you know Maddie and 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 you know, Dave and I and, and you know are really big into. Uh, you know MMA and and that kind of stuff, and you know I love watching fights, and you know, but what's the point? And you find out that oh, this guy got knocked out, and, not going to matter. You know, and, yeah, and, yeah. No, and, yeah, and you know, and, you know, in the second round, you know, like oh, he was, you know, he was, you know, what, like, like oh, great, you know, thanks, like you know, what, then what do I, and you know, <laughs> unless it's like some highlight real stuff, I don't need to watch it anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah and that's what Facebook does yeah. too. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, I'm, I'm looking at our call sheet here. Um, we have we have right now in the in the can Dean Haglin, um, and we're just we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring him to you at uh, at a later date. I think that breaks my I heart. It's a great interview. You, we, when, uh, we will hear it next week, right? Yes, I think we're gonna have to I bring him out on. of time to play the whole we'll thing. Have to, we'll so, have to push that back. We. You know, it's great. Well, you know, Doug was uh, great to, to spend uh, that much time with us, and uh, it's know, only we because we're having Nikki so much we fun with Jessup Nikki. On, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're gonna have to. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Dean, if you're listening, but I swear you're going right up next week. Yeah, right up next week. As long as I'm still here. Yeah, it was a great interview. I I hope you guys tune back in next Thursday. Dean Haglin will be on. 
we got an interview somewhere with... Uh, and we've got Vivian Bang got Vivian from Bang, Sullivan and Son on mm-hmm. CBS. So we're going to have Very an interview funny. with her. Uh, and we're, you know, we'll probably have a couple more surprise guests for you. On, yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think there'll be a little something else for them to uh, to get excited about. So, yeah. so keep an eye on us on uh, you know Twitter and uh, and everything else, our social media. Check out our websites. And um, yeah, I think that's it. I know. Uh, thanks, Grim Shay, for uh, joining the team here yeah. and, and going from uh, you know we, he started out doing some behind the scenes work for us, and now he. Uh, Got to finally join us, and and our listeners got to uh, a little taste of what Grimshay is all about. And I'm sure uh, we'll hear <laughs> it was a, a magic more from feeling you. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was. You, you know, uh, in, in the uh, the thing. West Coast, Matty P sauna slash studio. <laughs> it is freaking yeah. hot in here. <laughs> that, so, yeah, so uh, well, I said, I mean, I, you know, when I when uh, we got together, when I and I we you know I, I sent to the. Uh, you know what we wanted the studio to be on the West Coast. Uh, that uh-huh. is part of it. And like I said, it's <laughs> it's a, um, a Matty P tradition mm-hmm. to be. You know, that's how you know. That's how you know the interviews have to be good. They have we have to be on our toes. Is you yeah. know you have a couple hours of of sweating it out. It's real easy to get. Oh, I'm tired. I'm getting. You know, like that's what you know that keeps us on our toes. We got to work yep. here. That's yeah. right. So the minute you're comfortable on the radio, you're dead. So I wanted to take this time to thank Rico for uh, letting us do this. I want to thank Matty P for letting us do this. We wish him a lot of thank luck both, guys. as he's auditioning for Sharknado 2, Electric Boogaloo. He's out there on the West Coast right now. That shark is loose. That shark is loose, loose base. You know, I think it's going to be a big hit for him. Um, maybe he comes back next week. We don't know. We have no idea what he's up to. Uh, yeah, so we'll, thank see, we'll you. see what he gets into. So. Yeah, I hope we didn't break the show for you, Matty P. I mean, we're horrible at this, and we miss you. Um, but uh, thank you again for letting us do this. Rico, thank you for letting us do this. Grim Shea, welcome to the on-air. I've been here a couple times, but this is definitely the most airtime that I've that I've ever had. And I, again, Matty P., I hope we didn't break it. Uh, so thanks again, Rico. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for the opportunity. No problem, guys. Appreciate Especially you coming Maddie. on and joining me here, taking care of some stuff. And... Uh... Yeah, we'll um, we'll stay in touch. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, All right. we'll get together again next week. Maddie P Radio. All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Right.
that real shit, yo. Butterfly in the sky. Come on! I can go twice as high. Let's get it on. Take a look. Nigga. In a book. My nigga. Reading rainbow. You think it's a game? I can go anywhere. Suck my dick. Friends to know. My nigga. Ways to grow. Nigga. Reading rainbow. Here we go again. I can be anything. Same old shit. What? Nigga. In a book, my nigga. Reading rainbow. This is the shit I be talking about. Reading 